Had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Welcome everybody, it is Friday, July 28th, this is the Mike Rutherford Show, we're coming to you once again from the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios, visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you, we're talking getting your MBA in just 12 months, we're talking average salary of 85000 for their MBA pro- program graduates, we're talking a best overall business school in the nation rating of number 87 right now. 92% undergraduate placement rate, and all this possible for you at the UofL College of Business. Again, visit business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3 until 6. You guys, for three hours here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey on a feel-good, scorching-hot Friday. My God, it is, I mean, I think we both do the same thing again, where you walk out and you just, you feel like you're breathing in the hot air from a like like clothes dryer right I, in your face. I know exactly how the kids felt in Sandlot when they didn't want to play baseball and wanted to go to the pool instead. Like that's the type of day it is. It's like the day that even Benny the Jet would be like, you know what? I, I give it. Yeah. I, yeah. The Dodgers be damned. Probably. You know, it was his actual older brother that played in that role. I did. I think yeah, we talked about. This. Oh, did we? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, yeah, it was uh, that. That's it's hotter than the uh, the deal that the Louisville Business uh, College is offering. Would you rather be super, super hot or super, super cold? Uh, mm, I mean, like, is like as hot as it's as hot as I can get. Is it, is it what it is right now? Like this, like you're outside on a day like this, or you're outside on a day where it's like eight degrees and it feels like negative five. I'd probably go with this. I probably would too, begrudgingly. Oh yeah, neither are really. I mean, you're asking me to pick. Do you rather be stabbed in the left or right testicle? I mean, it's, there's not a right answer. I mean, it's, well, like the only my only caveat is when I'm sleeping, I'd rather be really, really cold than really, really hot. I mean, the only down part is if you go to sleep at that kind of cold, you're probably not waking up. Well, true, <laughs> but I mean, same thing if you're really, really hot. Yeah, I'm not going to sleep if I'm, I'm I'm passing out if I'm that hot. If it's, I hate being super cold outside. Like I, I can't stand it. If I'm at a game or if I'm walking around or something, and I'm just crazy cold. Like I'm miserable. Like this is miserable out there too, but it's a little bit more tolerable than the like I can't feel my limbs. Everything's shaking. Everything hurts. Like I just I don't like the the, the super freezing cold. But 
Yeah, I, if you, no, no real right answer. I mean, I can go. I can strip down to some shorts and, and use my shirt as a towel and, and survive a little easier than I can if I'm like, yeah, it's like two below zero and I'm, you know, freezing like John Candy in the back of a bus on the way to Wichita. Here's the other weird thing about this conversation. So, like, we were talking about the '93 Liberty Bowl yesterday. We did our rewinder segment. We did, and we're talking about how everybody has these memories of it being so cold and the weather being awful, and, and then people were bringing up the, the the Colorado State Liberty Bowl, and I remember the. The Trinity Mail, the famous Braun Bush game, how cold that was, and everybody brings that up. I feel like people often remember when they were the, the their coldest, like the coldest they've ever been. I couldn't tell you, like, what's the hottest you think you've ever been? I don't think any, I ne- you never hear that story. The 27-2 game we lost to Kentucky was was very miserably hot. I remember that day. Because uh, so was, I mean, I guess because it rained eventually because it was so humid, the Lightning Bowl game in 01. I wasn't there. I don't remember. It was, that I mean, ended up, we ended up having the rainstorm, but I guess the humidity because of that just, I remember being really, really bad, especially early in the day because it was an afternoon game. Um, like, I remember a couple of baseball games, like summer baseball games growing up, like in high school, where like, we're like, we're like just de shedding clothing. We're like rolling our sleeves up and looking like softball players. And most of those are, hot. most of those are like noon, early day games when, when it's the hottest of the day. Like this like, time of the day. Like, yeah. Two yeah. Five, I mean, it's, no shadows, nothing. Like I went, I've been, to, I went to a Cardinals game. It, it was like a, you know, a noon, one or 1230 first pitch. And it was just like, we had, we had those great, like lower level seats that you could like had access to like the little bar area. And I think I watched the majority of the game in the bar area. Cause it was just too hot outside Don't to even you. sit outside and watch the game. And, so I'm that I'm that guy that's in the little bar area inside the stadium watching the game on TV while it's happening outside. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't I mean, fault you for yeah. it. There's a heat advisory for Louisville, uh, I think, for the rest of the day today. So stay cool. Don't go outside if you don't have to. Um, no, I won't. Don't worry. And what's like tomorrow? It's going to be a little bit better, but there are a ton of things going on. And like, I mean, like I'm doing the kickball game, the the Jack Harlow homies kickball game. If you want to make it out there, two o'clock is going to be the first game out there at Jim Patterson Stadium. They want you there by a little bit before then. And uh, you, you got the Freedom Hall TBT game, which is going to be a noon tip-off. So hopefully you won't have to be outside too long for that. Hopefully the lines will be moving fast and you can get in for that. But then we've got at Lynn Family Stadium, Phil the Fam Night. They're trying to set a new attendance record for Lou City. So, and that'll be, I think, 8 p.m. kickoff against their rival Indy 11. So there's a lot going on this weekend. Hopefully maybe we can get some rain at some point. Just something, something to cool it off a little bit because, my God, it is, it is off. But I, my understanding is today, like right now, is the worst of the worst. This it's 99 degrees outside. It feels like it's 108 or with, something. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be the tie, the high today. I believe that Mark told me it was going to be was 111 with the you uh, with the humidity thing. Outrageous. Well, I want to do the reverse thing. You know, like one of my favorite things in the winter, and Tyus always brings this up, is when they sea like, level announcers for a college basketball game will be like. It may be cold outside the um, center, but inside it's heating up. Like you hear it seventy-five times. Like I don't know what the what the opposite of that is, but like outside it's hot, but the takes in here today are even hotter. Uh, I don't know what how to transition from that, but we do have lots of stuff to talk about. Namely, <laughs> you could do, maybe an ice hockey game or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Namely, the fact that Kenny Payne is talking right now, or at least he was as of the time that I got out of the car, and. They moved it back. It was supposed to be noon today. Everybody was like, when's he, when's he going to talk? When's he going to talk? They moved it to 2, and he ended up talking at 2.30. Um, so, you know, we, we've waited for six months. What's another two and a half hours? But <laughs> keep us waiting. We were talking at the end of yesterday's show about is what he you – know, we're all excited to hear him talk. We've been waiting for an update. But is it worth it if what he says is just going to make us all mad? And I was like, I guarantee there's going to be some things that make me a little bit upset. And I guarantee the text line, regardless of what he says, is going to be – 
in full division mode and full uh, upset mode. And from what I heard, the, the little bit on the way in, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Hopefully the audio will be out uh, within the next hour and we can play that for you at 4 o'clock. And then I just can... read one quote that already kind of made me... Uh, same. Uh, I'm, I'm probably the same quote that most people are reacting <laughs> to. Um, but we'll react to all that good stuff. We are going to celebrate last night's TBT victory and look ahead to tomorrow's game. Uh, the Sweet 16, if you want to call it, the regional final, if you want to call it, whatever it is, it's a third-round game between the Ville TBT team and the Gutter Cats team. The winner will go on to the, uh, the, the the quarterfinals and continue their pursuit for a million dollars. We've also got the kickoff of a huge recruiting weekend for U of L football, the 502 BBQ or the Cardinal BBQ, whatever it is. Cardinal BBQ, formerly known as the 502 BBQ. Yeah, I like 502 down. better. 85 to 90 top recruits going to be in town this weekend. It's huge for Jeff Brom and company. They're very excited about that. Great to have the celeb. Harlow, lock it down. L- lock some of these kids down, Jack. This is your weekend. We we need Jack, we need balloons, and we should be good to go. Um, so we've got that going on. We've got conference realignment madness going on. News rumors out there about who the Big 12 is trying to target for their 14th team and what's going to happen next. Everyone just assumes the Pac-12 is going to dissolve. Is that going to happen? We'll get to all that good stuff and hear from you on the Thornton sex line as well at 502-414-1450. But before we do that... I say, hey, TK, how are you? How was your, uh, how was your Thursday evening? How are you this Friday afternoon? Uh, <laughs> oh, you throw a lot at me there, buddy. Hold on. What do I do? Slow down one at a time, okay? <laughs> Multitask here. Uh, Thursday, solid. Good. Uh, did the Bats game. Bats won, so that was always a good thing. They got the big victory. It's very hot up in Indianapolis as well, from what I understand. Uh, so I uh, got home a little later than normal last night. Uh, we, had, we talked about it yesterday a little bit, and I hadn't watched it forever, so I ended up watching uh, the boy, this boy's life with De Niro and uh, Deca- uh, Leo. Young Leo. Yeah, Leo. I hadn't seen him for a while, and I put it on my list of De Niro, De Niro movies. So, huh? Leo. Leo. So I, I did that. So I watched that, and still, it still holds up. Still a good movie. Uh, I'm sure you, it's about the, Tobias Wolf. So not exactly uplifting. No, well, well, I mean, it's, it has its moments. It has a good ending, kind of. I mean, but it's the, the process is a little depressing. Well, yeah, yeah. it's a good film. De Niro's not exactly the best guy. Not <laughs> to say that understatement of the year, but uh, and it's kind of a long movie. So I ended up watching that, and then uh, just really, and then I just think I, I fell asleep on the couch watching X2 on Stars. What's X2? X Men Two. Oh, okay. Did, did you keep your mind in the gutter there? Um, the most important thing I learned, Twitter? I think, you know, or the station, uh, I think the, the, the most impactful thing of, of, la- of my evening last night was, and you'd never replied to this, but that's okay. Cause you were probably asleep was learning that Kathy, uh, Katie Siegel is the sister of the twins of the double mint gum commercials. Kathy Seagal. Yes. Yeah, Siegel Seagal. Yeah. Yeah. Did, I, I did see that. That text. Had you known that? I did not know that. I mean, my mind was, I mean, it, Shower time would have been cut in half for 12-year-old Trevor if he'd known this back then. <laughs> like, I had no idea. I get blew my mind a little bit. They're younger sisters, too, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. That was a, that was the coolest thing of my evening. That that It's a crazy fact. They do look alive. <laughs> yeah, and, and now I see it. Uh, so what about you? How was, how was Also, can I say real quick, apparently, just a heads up for today, after the show, you left your personal email open last night here at the station. Oh, you can get to it through the station email. And I wouldn't trust Patrick just to not rummage through it. Patrick's like, Trevor's email's up. Like, well, yeah, you can like, get... Close he, it out, Patrick. It's it's successful, but just if you go up to the Gmail, you can switch right to it. Just don't trust Patrick to not like send emails from your address. I mean, if he wants to, it's fine. I think I mean, he's going to sign you up for a bunch of stuff. 
I mean, as long as I have to pay for it. I'd be a little, <laughs> I'd be a, be a little <laughs> bit nervous. I'm going to junk sent this email anyway. As long as I'm, I mean, you know, he's going to charge me for it. I don't care. Sugar Bowl updates continuing to just file in. Yeah, I'm, I'm still getting ticket updates for the New Orleans Pelicans, St. okay? St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the St. Louis Cardinals one. I think I finally unsubscribed from that one like four years ago. I mean, I, I'm, I'm amazed I don't get Bobcat notifications still. <laughs> when I went to the Bobcats game back in like 04. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I still get... It wouldn't surprise. I mean, it's always open though. So I mean, if he wants to, he wants to scrummage through my email and have a little life of excitement. That's fine, I guess. Yeah. Don't don't put it past him. He's like, "What should I do?" I'm like, "Nothing. Leave it alone." What's, what's my email? What are you gonna do with my email? Sign you up for some stuff. I get. I mean, but you know my email. You don't have to know my email password to know my email address to do that. I guess that's true. You can just. I mean, you can just send that to just anything. Case in point, all the emails that I've been signed up for over the years, which still yeah, it happens periodically. And every time you just tip your hat, you're like, "Congrats!" I mean, you email got me. someone from my uh, from my email and be like, "Hey, my name's Trevor. My name's Trevor. Want to hang out?" I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, we we had a pretty lame Thursday night. Just. Straightforward. Really, really, com- by comparison to mine, or just in general? Just yeah, you know, trying to get the kids <laughs> down, trying to, to make them not be insane. Um, I don't even remember. What, yeah, we just hung out a little bit after that, and it was it was tough. No Reds to watch, so it was uh, just kind of straight to bed. Trying to get as much sleep as possible for a, a big weekend ahead. You do, yeah. Because Saturday, what about Sunday? Anything going on Sunday? We got a birthday party. Oh, uh, uh, Mom Rutherford. No, actually, she got so. It was her birthday this week, wasn't it? It, her birthday was yesterday. Okay. We're putting off celebrating on whole. Like, it, we have so many family birthdays in this just small, like, we're all, like, July or August birthdays. Uh, and then Virginia's now. <laughs> Everybody and their family just knew had the same conceiving time. <laughs> but, it's like, yeah. but it's different sides. Like, it, these are all different people from different, like, yeah, we, we're talking, like, some blood relatives, some not blood relatives, like my in-laws. Like, everybody is in this little small Except my poor sister, who's March 6th. She was always by herself. <laughs> totally overshadowed by Selection Sunday every single year. Poor random random night. Like our basketball crazy family was like, hey, happy birthday, Katie. Like, when are we going to play in the first round? Like, just, she was, her party was always just completely overshadowed by Selection Sunday. But, like, so mom's birthday was yesterday. We're going to hold off. We're celebrating my nephew. Uh, his birthday was like two days before. My brother was like three days before that. We don't even celebrate Oliver anymore. Like he's done. He's just he's he's. Yeah, he's also in like his forties, right? He turned fifty last year. So we yeah, did, no, you don't celebrate. Yeah, we did well. a fiftieth birthday party because it was it was big fifty. Yeah, but like now he's just like he doesn't care. Which it was where I'm going to be pretty soon because my birthday's right around Virginia's. I mean, is it like dad. after twenty five you only do the markers, right? Like you do thirty. Yeah. 40 and 50 pretty much, and after 50, you don't even really do anything to what, maybe 70, 80? Yeah, so Mary's, you skip 60. Mary's dad last year, his birthday is, like I think, a day after mine, So like, and I have the same birthday as my brother. So on my actual birthday last year, we celebrated my father-in-law's birthday. We did his, because he was turning, I think, 70, and so it was, you know, that's a, a big one for him, and yeah, we were... It's hard to find weekend dates with all these birthdays being in the same spot. So we had to we pushed my mom back. We're celebrating my nephew this weekend, and Virginia's got a friend's birthday party on Sunday. <laughs> so you know all this is happening. Mary's got her uh, youngest sister is is expecting, and so they've got a baby shower for her on Saturday. While I've got so she can't come to the kickball thing, which means there's going to be another birthday in this time frame very soon. Uh, her the due date for <laughs> Kaylee's baby is Virginia's birthday. It's September fifth. So we could have. I'm like, please don't let that happen. Virginia is, is not going to like sharing her birthday with uh, with another cousin. So hopefully that you know, we, we don't get the the me and my brother Paul situation where we have the exact same birthday, and me and my dad and my my grandma have the exact same. It's just all of these birthdays. It's, it's summer of birthdays every single year. 
But we've got that going on this weekend. Uh, Mary's got the shower while I have the kickball game. We're going to try to go from there to my nephew's birthday party afterward. Um, yeah, it's it's all happening. It's a lot going on. So we're going to try to just take it easy. That's pace, unfortunate. Pace my this weekend. Pace tonight. Get ready for the weekend. My family's not as large as yours, so I don't have as many com- opportunities to get conflicting birthday dates. But nobody in mine. I think the closest birthdays we have is probably mine and my cousin, and she's like April 8th, I think, and I'm 26. So that's that's about the closest we have. Yeah, it's still, that's dumb. Everyone else is just like has their own month. I think I'm like the only one that even shares a month. You can work around that. Yeah, I don't really give a bleep. <laughs> I told you, I, I even 30 was just kind of like a ho-hum for me. Like, I wanted to do the 40 thing because I was going to do the NFL draft in Vegas, but, you know, something something happened. The other day, um, <laughs> so I turned, I'm 38, so I'll be 39 a month from yesterday. And the other day, Mary was like, I was in the shower, just like thinking about everything that we have going on. And she's, like, she's like, I had a brief panic attack oh. thinking that like this was your 40th birthday coming up. And like I hadn't planned anything. We hadn't like <laughs> decided what we are going to do. Hadn't, hadn't thought of a party. Hadn't like reserved anything. I'm like, we're the same age. How do you not know what I, what I have coming up? Like we're four months different. Uh, I'm like, whatever your age is, eight months out of the year, especially when my birthday's coming up, we're the exact same age. So So you, uh, are you going to do something big for four? I mean, you're 39, I assume you're probably I just going to be. Yeah, I yeah. care less. Yeah, we, won't, we might try to do dinner. Cause, and the other weird thing is our so our anniversary is like a week before my birthday. And our anniversary is always going to be coinciding with like our, our big, my big birthday number. So you, like, And you did that on purpose so you'd always remember your anniversary. It, make, it does make it easier, especially, I'm, I'm especially the big one. So next year will be our 10th anniversary when I turn 40. So every time we have like a big round number anniversary, gonna go together. I'll be having a big round number birthday. Nice. Because we got married right before I turned 30, which it was it was a crazy thing. Like we, did you do anything big for your 30th other than the honeymoon? We had a big party at, at the house. We like had moved into the house two months before, so it was, we just kind of like just gotten it ready and, and got in the basement all nice and it was, I mean, those were different times. Like, I just, it was like drinking at like 5 a.m. Those, <laughs> the 40th will be a little bit different. I don't know what we're going to do, but I imagine it's not going to be quite as, as nuts as the 30th was. It was a, it was a fun time. We had a really fun party. Uh, and we'll see what happens with 40. But I've got, we have a year to think about it. Not there yet. Thank God. Vegas, you never did Vegas, right? We went to, we went to Vegas uh, in, for the NCAA tournament first weekend back okay. in 2010. I don't know why I can't. Who was I guess? I, I, we lost a cow. I guess you'll, you've done okay. I, I, sometimes somebody told me recently they had never been to Vegas. Like, I was thinking it was you for some reason. No, I, I enjoyed the Vegas weekend. I don't have any really desire to do it again. I don't, yeah. It was fine. It was, it was fun. It was a good time. I'm glad I had the experience. Uh, I can't imagine. I enjoy it. It's just, I mean, it it, yeah, it, it comes in. The only problem is with Vegas is that, with the exception of free drinks, you can get everything Vegas now offers at the boat up and all. Exactly. The cool thing about Vegas yeah. that weekend was like, we had the huge sports book. We like found this dude. It was, we thought it was Chad Millman from ESPN who had a reserve section, and we just went there every time because nobody else went there. And we actually ended up emailing him, and we're like, "Was this? Was this you?" We we stayed in your section the entire weekend, and he's like, "That's not me. I don't know who that belongs to." But like, we found the, the big sports book with the gigantic screen and the the windows, and you know, people would come around and just bring you buckets of beer the entire day, and we just stayed there and watched games, and then went to nightclubs of the night, and like that was. That was perfect, but like you said, you and nightclubs that you actually are going decently early at the night because it's on you're on the West Coast, so everything's right over at like nine o'clock their time. And we had a good thing because we actually had friends who had moved to Vegas and became like the big like hosts at these these big nightclubs and could get us in. One of our friends is one of those types of people who just knows everybody in the world, 
So we were able to like cut the lines and go to these these big nightclubs a couple of, of nights. We don't have that anymore. Like that's not that same. It's different when you're 38 pushing 40 as than when you're 25, 26. So no, yeah. You can't go to Vegas, and I wouldn't even want to at this point. Well, so. I mean, even last time I was there, I, every time I now go, I, I leave the hotel less to the point. I think the last three or four times I've been there, I've never left the hotel. Like I, I'll get, a, I'll make sure to stay somewhere nice. And most hotels out there are gonna have like you know, they'll have no reason to leave if you don't want to. Right. You, You'll have your sports book. You'll the have sphere, your casino. Though, you gotta see the sphere. You got, you know, yeah, that's true. I mean, you leave at night and drive around. But that's the one reason I might go back to Vegas. But the, yeah, I mean, more often than not, like last time, like Treasure Island was one of the places I, I sometimes stay. Like they they have three casinos and like four restaurants. Like I, that, that, I have no reason to leave my room almost, let alone the hotel. Yeah, I hear you. It's I mean, you walk outside. You think it's hot out here? Walk outside at this time of and, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's <laughs> which always baffled me how there are so many homeless people. And they always have dogs. You just took it to a kind of dark place. Well, I'm just like, it's so hot. Go somewhere nicer weather, man. Go hang out like somewhere cooler. Why would you want to be homeless? I don't want to be somewhere where it's hot. <laughs> I'm going to like Michigan or something. Okay. Uh, real quick, because uh, I want to save the big TBD discussion for after the break. Because uh, it was another exciting night. It felt a lot like Tuesday night, and, and there's plenty of things to talk about. We'll discuss Chris Jones and, and his antics and um, everything that happened. My phone died watching the game during the Bats game last night. I'm sorry. How did the Bats do last night? They won. Shout you didn't hear me say that earlier. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, would, I don't listen to myself, but I should expect you to. The, <laughs> real quick note. The update, the, the big update of the day on the conference realignment front, aside from every college ball writer in the world being like, the Pac-12's dead. Kill him. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> we're just trying to move this thing along. Uh, but Pat Forty now says the Big 12, which currently sits at 13 teams, a walking contradiction, as all these conferences are now. The Big Ten is, the Big Ten is 12, the, too. There are 13 teams. They want to get to 14 before the 2024 football season. And they have their eyes set on two programs specifically to fill one spot. Thanks. Would you venture a guess as to who those two programs are? The Pac-12 is looking to fuse. Big 12. Big 12. Um, they need one more team. I mean, if they were smart, they'd look at Oregon they or Washington. Not the teams. Those are not the teams. Um, if they're not smart, they're going to look at, like, I One's mean, a Pac-12 team. One's not a Pac-12 team. Well, I would think it's one of the, the corner states, let's say Utah or Arizona, Arizona State. Arizona is correct. Okay, Arizona I mean, is one team. The other team that I don't really know. I mean, again, if you pick any of those three, they're kind of all interchangeable to me. I mean, yeah, they they have their eyes on two schools. Arizona is the first. UConn is reportedly <laughs> the other. I mean, is that is that just their way to suck up their like ESPN in Bristol or something? I, I think that UConn. Let's say like, this winds why up, let's you? say this winds up being the case, and the Big Twelve does target UConn, and they say we want you to to be our fourteenth team. It's going to be a fascinating case study when it comes to just how much money can outweigh the will of literally everybody else, right? Because you know, we've had cases where UCLA, the fans don't want to be in the Big Ten, but it's not the worst situation in the world. The players don't really want to be in the Big Ten, but it's not the worst situation in the world. And we now know financially they were about to have to cut sports until they got in the Big Ten and got this contract. Which is amazingly but sad. One of the big stories of the last calendar year in college athletics has been the fact that, look, UConn sacrificed financial success and some of the benefits of their other sports to go back to the Big East to emphasize their spotlight sports, men's and women's basketball. 
and they're reaping the benefits. The fan base has never been happier. Other athletic programs are flourishing. School administrators are happy. The AD is happy. Everybody's happy being in the Big East. They feel like they're finally home. You have now a situation where you could go to the Big 12 and make exponentially more money and have more jobs, more security for all your programs, but be in a place that, once again, for the second time in a decade, feels insanely out of place for your school and your, your biggest programs. The fans don't want it. The players don't want it. I don't think anybody at UConn wants it, but can they turn down? Like, like, at what point do you draw the line and say, the money, this X amount of more money, is just not worth it to us when it comes to you know the old adages about money buying happiness and all that stuff. Like, at what point do you draw the line and say, our happiness matters this much more than this much money? They're going to be a really, really interesting case study. If, in fact, this does come to pass that the Big 12 targets them and makes them the school that they want to add to get to 14 teams. You kind I hope of, they don't go. I mean, Missouri and SEC is weird. We've talked. We talk about this. Like the schools that just don't feel right in their conferences. UConn and the Big Twelve might be in the top five of that list. Like it's the Big Twelve. Like I think Big Twelve. I think you know Midwest, Southwest, yeah, South Mid Southwest, yeah, Oklahoma, Kansas, you know, yeah. the, Texas. I mean, and I, I know. I mean, some some other Southwest conference because they're merging in the early nineties. You know, I, I I think that like a dust bowls and you don't think stores Connecticut Connecticut. I don't I don't I don't I don't picture Connecticut coming in. I mean, it's just like pitchy northeastern <laughs> accents. It's like sending Seinfeld to the King of the Hill show. I mean, it's just it just it's, it feels weird. This doesn't feel right. It just uh, and of course, I mean, I guess West Virginia being in there is not much better, but it's just, I don't know. UConn also, uh, yeah, and, and financially, I mean, I get yeah why it would be. I mean, you. Just, Got football, I guess, somewhat back. I mean, you were in a bowl. I mean, I guess Jim Moore needs wants money now. I, I don't know. I mean, whether sports are that is the juice worth the squeeze is another question you asked, and I don't. I, I wouldn't know if it would if it if it would make everyone around you upset. I wouldn't think so, as long as you can still keep your head afloat. I just yeah. If you can't keep your head afloat without it, then yeah. I mean, you 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 probably have to do it opposed to. You know, getting rid of a—I mean, I don't know what programs are we getting rid of, though. Really, I mean, it just, I mean you're no right, offense just, to the lesser programs. Just, but. I know that there are weird cultural fits already in college sports. This isn't that big of a deal, but there's <laughs> there's still like uh, there's, there's some there's still a line. Like, imagine Texas Tech fans from Lubbock, <laughs> Texas, going and being like, "We're going to go tour Yale and the Mark Twain House while we're in Connecticut, like, <laughs> hanging out in New England." Like it, it just—it it feels so wrong. And Yale's in Connecticut. Yale, Yale is in Connecticut. I didn't know that. I don't know why I didn't know that. <laughs> I believe it's New Haven. I mean, I knew it was in Northwest, but I just I don't know why. I, I, fig- I thought Northwest. I figured it was in like another. I don't know why. I just Connecticut. Just don't, I never pitched Connecticut having a school as good as Yale. Well, <laughs> it does. <laughs> it's Connecticut. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, is there, I mean, it's one of like one of those, those most forgettable states. <laughs> you think? I think so. Yeah. You ever see? You, you watched Friends? Did you ever watch the one where the uh, do the game where you get two minutes to name all fifty states and see how many you can do? I don't think I remember that. It's, it's uh, yeah, it was. And Ross just lost his mind because he he stuck at like forty eight because he named one, and then he finally got thought he got fifty because he named one state twice, and he's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, which by the way, it's actually not as easy as you think it would be to do. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's just because you're always going to be you're going to get that brain fart that one state you well, forgot. Yeah, you used to play growing up on the school bus and stuff. Like you used to play 
let's name all the NFL teams or name all the NBA teams. And even though I knew that I, I knew them, you just you, you, you lose track. Like, and you, there's and something you, you just forget about. And you can try to do it by you're going on a map. You're going, okay, well, I'm in the north, south. You know, you just kind of can't. But the point is, is that, like, I feel like Connecticut's, like, when you get to it and you're like, oh, I only got 49. Who did I forget? Connecticut's one of those states I feel like they would get forgotten. I think you're underestimating Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut brings more to the table than you can. I think our New England listeners are going to be very upset right now. We just, we just lost New England today. They're off the X. Uh, let's take our first break. When we come back, I do want to get into, speaking of X. I do have Hartford Whaler shirt. In Hartford in Connecticut? It, it is. Look, oh, look at that. Look at it. I'm a ge- geographical genius. <laughs> Thank you for that addition to the conversation. <laughs> we'll come back. We're going to talk TBT. The Ville uh, taking care of business last night against Chris Jones and company, the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs. It was another nice, fun night, nice nostalgia flowing out there at Freedom Hall. We'll get into that. And then we will turn our attention after the break, after the, the next segment, to Kenny Payne and his comments today. Hopefully you can hear that coming up at the 4 o'clock hours. The Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Friday to you. Stay cool here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Think you're tripping with? Yes, I'm the boss. Seven forty-five, white on white. That's Rick Ross. I wide. I them long. Welcome back in Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Here on the Big X. Reminder: We got the Big X Golf Scramble coming up September first. I'll be walking out to this song. Is that going to be your, your golf scramble introduction? No, I just picture Kenny Payne walking to the press conference today with this playing in the background. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> That's just how I, when I read one of the quotes, that was like the first thing that popped to my mind was the song. We're playing out there at yeah, Elk Run wait. Golf Course against September 1st. It's the same day as UofL season opener against Georgia Tech. They'll have a live KRC show. I think we're going to try to do our show live out yep. there at 3. The scramble's going to start at 9.15. If you want to play, email uh, bigxgolfscramble at yahoo.com. $40 per person, $60 for a team of four. Spots will fill up, so get in while you can. Uh, we breaking news here on my, the uh, I'm, I'm, on the local high school sports scene. Oh, local! Okay, what, what happened? What, what going well, on? we'd mentioned this person had been suspended, but now the Louisville Metro Police Department has issued a warrant for the arrest of Donnie Stoner. Oh, that's not who was recently removed as the head football coach at Dupont Manual High School. Well, your job is a ba- on the back burner now, there, Donnie. Well, we mentioned his brother because we there was some confusion. I was like, I thought his name was Donnie, but his brother Ronnie. Uh, who also was coaching on the staff, had been hit with some pretty serious, gross allegations from his daughter uh, on Facebook, and I think he had been removed from the staff there. And the story of the Courier Journal, this is via Jason Frakes, who covers all the high school sports on the CJ, says the warrant is in relation to allegations of sex with a female juvenile student. That had been the rumor uh, that was out there. I didn't want to say it before, but this you know, it kind of sounds like the... All I'd heard at the beginning was it's going to be going to be bad he's probably going to be arrested and he will not be the the, the football coach anymore so Donnie Stoner who's only had the job for I think last year was his first year and look they had a really good year uh, led by one Trey Ryan the heroics of the left tackle uh, Trey Ryan 
they're supposed to be good again this year, and they will do it with a, a new head coach, it appears. So, On a positive note, I'm going to give a shout-out to my buddy, uh, my, man, well, my good friend, Coach Keith Cathy, for being named principal of Little Women Hospital. I today. saw this. I, I saw I've known celebrate Coach Cathy for, uh, for many, many years back in the Wagner days, so going on probably 20 years almost. A good dude and well-deserved. One thing he can't do in that job. I feel like the Wagner days are taking over. Like the, the our Wagner whole crew are like taking over mail now. Everybody, everybody with my uncles was at Wagner's now. Like moved to, yeah, all the way to Coach Wolf. <laughs> Wagner's like the, the new Kansas City Royals. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Yankees. That's where you went before after you were a really good Yankee. Hey, my Jermaine die. <laughs> the cradle of coaches and administrators. The new Miami of Ohio is is Wagner. People have been saying that for years. My, it's, yeah, it's, my guy Jamie Dumstorf, he's, he's bound for Trinity any day now. He's, that's right, he is. And you're right, yes. He got the job. I was like, hey, only one thing you can't do. <laughs> don't, don't watch it in seven seconds. <laughs> if you get a video, don't open the email. <laughs> Granted, I'm not somebody who works in, in education. I, I don't work on <laughs> every day. I don't get how it's this hard to just not have sex with students or watch students having sex. It's just there's – do you think it would be obvious, right? There's nothing about 16-year-olds that appeals to me. I'm, I'm, I'm so I, I feel like that should be the norm with people. I think Donnie Stoner is about my age. He's he graduated in 02. I graduated in 03 from high school. Like I, I it should not be this hard, and yet there, there keep being stories like this coming out. I just I don't I don't understand. But and even if you are attracted, you can fight those inner demons. Just don't do it. <laughs> There's 22 billion people. Find one. It's not going to go well. Let's go find one that's four years older. These stories, especially in this day and age, they're not, it's not going to get kept private. Like it's it's going to come out. It's going to be bad news for you. You're probably going to go to jail. Just don't do it. Uh, all right. Last night, in much much better and happier news. <laughs> remind, me, so, remind me to tell you a little, a little story off the air later. By no, the way, the fact that you're saving it for <laughs> off the air makes me terrified of just how bad it. No, it's not it. actually bad. It's just it's a, in the line of what we're talking about, but funny, and it, I don't want to say it on the air though. <laughs> I stand by my prior statement. Please refer to my previous statement. Uh, last night, Freedom Hall. Yes. Once again. We'll just point I missed the second half of you've it. You've got a very solid crowd out there at Freedom Hall. I think it was a little bit less than it was on Tuesday night. I think they announced the attendance at like 4,800 or thereabouts. But when you have that many compact fans, it, it does sort of – I had somebody – I heard somebody make this point on uh, social media. I saw somebody make this point on social media. It reminds you a little bit of the, the NIT games where the rowdy fans that typically can't afford to have lower bowl seats at the Yum Center, they get the cheaper tickets, and like they get to see the team closer than they usually do. And like some of those environments that we've had for the that was me at the Temple game. Yeah, <laughs> some of the environments that we've had for the NIT at, at 06, and then in the David Paget year uh, in 2018, like they've been as disappointing as it is for U of L to ever be in the NIT. You've had some really fun environments there. This kind of reminds me of that, where you've got a lot of those fans that can't typically you know, maybe make it out to a L game or don't have the time to make it out to a L basketball game during the season who are, you know, they're like, I'll spend 30 bucks to see Peyton Steven, Russ Smith run the show at Freedom Hall. And they're, they're rowdy. Like, like last night was a legit rowdy atmosphere and it was a chippy game. You've got Chris Jones coming back to play L. Very clearly a chip on his shoulder. Uh, for yeah. those of you who don't remember, speaking of what we were just talking about, Chris Jones dismissed from the team uh, in the middle of his, what was his second and would have been final season, at UofL, uh, I think he got dismissed in February. Quentin Snyder takes over at the point as a true freshman and ends up taking that team all the way to the Elite Eight. But Chris Jones, look, I mean, you know, th- there are some, still some murky details about what exactly transpired. Just knowing what I know and I think what most people know, he had plenty of chances. Like He still 
even though the the big allegation that was out there initially wound up not being true, he, he did this to himself. He's got nobody to blame for him but himself for getting kicked off the team. Uh, he was given a, a longer leash than most players were, and he kept abusing Rick Pitino's trust. And if he wants to be mad at L for that, I, that's fine. But he certainly played like somebody last night who was upset with the way things ended at L. He was chirping at the fans. He was chirping at the players. He was really going at the the former U of L players who are now in the NBA that were sitting courtside. Like he was going after Jordan Warren, and David Johnson and, and Trent, like all those guys, like at one point he's screaming at them saying like that, that press bleep doesn't work on me. Like, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know all about that press or something like that. Yeah. And Jody Demling had a video on uh, his, his Instagram. I, didn't, I don't know if he posted on his, on his site. I, don't, I know he didn't post it on Twitter, but he's got a video where Jones is just like, he's in their face after he hits a pull-up jumper and yelling, and David Johnson kind of does the, like, you're too little motion, like the little, the little put his hand down on the ground thing, and Jones is just like very, in, just very upset, like the entire game. Every shot he hit, I think he was letting people know about it, uh, but he ends up being a little too little, a little too late. He tried to carry the team on his, on his back. He did. He was clearly their best player. Like, oh, yeah. And Chris Jones, he, say what you will about his game at UofL, I think it was a little bit it was certainly up and down, but he had those games in those two years where, if he got hot, he could he could go full Russ Smith on you. I think the issue was in 2014 we already had a Russ Smith on the team, and <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah. made things a little bit. You know, he was he was more Russ than he was Peyton. You can't have two Russes together. Exactly, and you know it just is like two magnets. It just doesn't work, right? Russ and Peyton work so perfectly because they both played their role so well. And, yeah. and Jones was a little bit Peyton, but more Russ than Peyton, and that's why I think at times he needed to just settle down. Uh, and it seemed like he was – it was sort of a – and look, those two teams that he played on were really, really good. 2014, we still finished the season number one on Ken Palm. We had the best odds to win the tournament going in. We just ran into a terrible matchup against Kentucky in the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. And then 2015 – We don't we, talk about that. Know, 2015, we had a ton of talent and went to the the, the Elite Eight. Uh, I mean, But it still always kind of felt like a you know, square peg, round hole situation. And he just – it was a strange fit. But he played – Insanely well last night. That Jackson Tennessee underdogs team was scrappy as hell. They were, I mean, very, very chirpy, very, very physical. And Louisville, they win last night despite starting the game thinking that Peyton Siva wasn't even going to play. And I remember, you know, I, you're watching the first five, six minutes, and you're watching how much pressure the underdogs team is putting on the ball, and you're, you're realizing that the officials, they're calling all these games like, Mid '90s Big East games, like they're, they're letting everything go, and so you're like, man, like <laughs> I don't know if we can win this game without Peyton. Chris Dow is not really running the, the the point all that effectively. He's good at what he does, but he can't. He's not as shifty as Peyton. He's not as as, as good with the ball as Peyton is. He's Russ, not as good a player as Peyton. No, I mean, plain and simple. I mean. Russ the same way. You know, he's, he's it's it's like back. To the, I mean, there's, there aren't many point guards out there that are as reliable as Peyton Siva is. And so he does the Willis Reed thing. He comes into the game, gets a huge ovation, and everything changes when, when Peyton comes in. Uh, he plays really well. Russ carries the team for a little bit of time when the offense is, is stagnant. Shane Bahannon is terrific. It kind of reinforces a lot of the stuff that we said about Shane on Wednesday's show, where it's like, man, like you know, he's he's not that old. I know he's he's made some mistakes since his time at Louisville ended, which ended via a mistake, but. He's gotten himself in shape for this tournament, and he's very clearly a guy who could go overseas and make a solid living playing for, for four or five more years uh, if he can play the way that he's been playing in these two games, and I hope he does wind up doing that. But he was—I mean, he had a double-double last night. He was terrific. Uh, Omar Pruitt comes in and plays really well after not seeing a, a lot of run 
in the first game. Nick Mayo is really good again. Like basically, like the the non Cardinals have really helped us out a ton in the in these games. It was nice to see Luke Hancock out there for the first time, even though he didn't play all that much. And they gave us a scare at the end, just not being able to make a free throw. Chinanu, and I'll bring up young Patrick Ryan again for the second time. By the way, we didn't mention that Chinanu's not doing granny, by the way. Well, did you not see the end of the game? No, I told you my phone died last night. I didn't know. Oh, so you don't know how it ended. No, no, I heard they won because uh, on the updates, but I, I told you yesterday, remember, I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to bring yeah. a charger. I only had like 30% battery, so I'm watching the game, and I well, turned. Let me just, let me just Okay. So they get to the Elam ending, and – like okay. They're they're missing free throws left and right before this, but they're really missing free throws at the Elam ending time. And they the, being us, yeah, us. The Jackson Tennessee team is kind of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. They really had a chance to make even more of a run. We just cannot get that last bucket. So Chinanu gets fouled, and we have seventy. We need one point to hit the the mark. And apparently Patrick Ryan, Patrick's trying to take credit for this. He says he got the whole crowd chanting to make him do the granny shots. And the, the bench is starting to ask him to do the, 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 the granny shots. He goes up there. He does the granny shot, misses it. They call a lane violation on Chris Jones. So he gets, he's going to get two more. Second time, granny shot, misses it. Gets the third chance, misses it again. So he How does he keep getting chances again? <laughs> well, he had two shots. Okay. Chris Jones got a lane violation on the first one. So he took three shots. Okay. Missed, missed all three of them. And, like, that was like, you're, you're, Seth Greenberg keeps doing the thing where he's like, don't mess around with the Elam ending. Don't fool it. I'm like, that's how he shot free throws. It's not like he's doing it just to be a gimmicky deal. And then Russ gets fouled. He misses the free throw. And the Jackson team just keeps getting closer and closer and closer. And everybody's sort of on edge. Russ finally gets fouled again, which I don't know. The Jackson team just did not. How much time they, they was just, left in the game? Well, it's the Elam ending, so there's no time left in the game. Oh, that's true. You're trying to get to 79 points. And the, every time you foul at, at the end of the game, the other team gets a free throw in the ball, and they just would not stop fouling. I don't know what they were thinking, but they fouled Russ again. He finally makes the free throw, and, and Louisville wins 79-74. But it was a, a wild ending. I did like Peyton after the game is, is saying, you know, we we couldn't go through this whole tournament without trying to give you guys a heart attack at least once. You know, cardiac cards are back, it's like just like the old times. But it was it, once again like the nostalgia was great. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome seeing the guys win. And I'm glad we get at least one more game of the uh, of this thing uh, at Freedom. Well, we one more game at Freedom Hall. Hopefully, more games after Freedom Hall. But at least one more game here in, in, at home. I think is it, I thought it was two. Is this one and there's one after that, right? This will be the, this is the regional final. This is the Louisville regional. They'll play this game, and if they win, they go to the quarterfinals, which is not at Freedom Hall. Which is in like Philadelphia, I think, isn't it? I think that's right. I think that, okay. I was okay. I was thinking there was two more, but yeah, you know better than I do. But uh, okay, <laughs> so, so I was kind of disappointed there because the way you like you cut me off to finish that story, I was half expecting and, and rightfully so that you're gonna like, and then he hit the third, and then he shot the third granny, and it went in. No, like, no, he was like, like yeah, happy ending. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's like going nuts for the granny, and he keeps <laughs> and he, doing it, and he keeps missing it. <laughs> I mean, this is like watching Lord of the Rings. Like, when's this damn ending gonna happen? Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> Very, like, it was one of those. Again, you and I have talked about how we're not like the only time I saw the only free throws I'm, I, I remember watching in the last two games, though. He, he shot regularly and hit them both, so maybe he should have just stuck with the regular overhand shot. Okay, I, I take it back. So, the real quick addendum to what we were just talking about. So, the Louisville Regional does end on Saturday, but if they win. They play Sunday in Louisville. One of the quarterfinal games will be in, in Louisville. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. They, they, when that, they go to the, what's called the, known as the Final Four, and that's in Philadelphia. It's in Philadelphia, right. Yeah. I thought cause I looked at the bracket the other day, and I thought that's what I saw, but I just thought maybe I misread it and betrayed you over me. But Yeah, it's confusing. I should have never done that. It's I should confu- trust myself. Yeah, it's confusing because the, the regional technically ends 
but like the, the the quarterfinals, I guess, are different than the the regional, but they're still at the same regional host. And they play on that'll even be on Sunday, I think, right? It says it's there's one on the thirtieth or Monday, thirty first. So that I think I'm assuming will be the one on Monday. Yeah, that'd be Monday. So if we beat uh, who do we who do we play again tomorrow? Tomorrow for the Gutter Cats. That's right. Yes, that's, I, I, look, I even looked them up. Um, the, yeah, and then we win that. I guess I don't, I don't know what teams we play the winners of, but I'm not sure either. I'm the, yeah. I looked at the bracket the other day, and I, I can't remember what it said. The Gutter Cats, which they look like they're they've been around for a while, right? And, and I don't think that they have they don't have any specific college affiliation. Like their no. jerseys make it seem like they're a Kansas State team, but like there's nobody from Kansas State on their team. They've got a lot of Northwestern, I think. Uh, like New is England, that what it is? I think I think I saw some New England players on there. Well, that's not New England. Like Monmouth, no, yeah, no, well, I'm sorry, oh, Northeast. Nor- my bad. I thought you meant like Northwestern the school. No, no, I meant, I meant like North Northeastern area. Okay, like Connecticut. Look, <laughs> that's a state, you know. <laughs> but they made it to the quarterfinals in this tournament a year ago, so they, I think, they're eight and four all time is what I saw in this in this event. So they've they've had success there. I'm sure it'll be a very another entertaining, tough game. But yeah, good to know that we could. I play. like how the roster includes a booster picture. Yeah, we we could play on <laughs> on Monday again at Freedom Hall, which would be cool. Hopefully, huh. we can sell out. Uh, I mean, or, or at least break the attendance record because I know that they've been clamoring for it. And and I think you and I have both said if they make it to Saturday, that's the game that you circle and say weekend. The the word will be out. People will be talking about this. This will become the hot topic around here with not much else going on sports wise. That's the day that you circle and say we could get. Seventy five hundred, eight thousand of that. Period. I think we can do that on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's what I, I would be. And if we win Saturday, and I mean Monday night, it'd be tougher because it is a weeknight. But I think we could do a really good crowd on Monday night too, especially if you're talking about being the quote unquote like you know elite eight game version. Yeah, plan for a trip to the final four. This team does have good size though. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at three guys at six eight and three six eight and above. Could be a good four big, guys. Big game for rocking buckles. <laughs> he took that three, and I'm like, where, where have I gone in my life? I'm a decade <laughs> later, and I'm still screaming at the, at the screen, yelling, why are you taking that shot, Buckles? No, what has changed in my life? All the nostalgia. <laughs> and then Wayne, did Wayne even play? That, that old question came up last night. He did not play last night in the game. Was that his, like I said, I think I got like a minute into the third quarter, and my phone just goes off. I'm like, I, I, didn't, even, I, I didn't even think about how I clicked past the you know 10% in save, power save mode. I just had it going, so I was listening to the Bats game, and I was watching the game with no volume on my phone, and then it just went dead, and I was like, I hate, not having, I hate being here with no phone as well. It just feels, I feel naked. I can see that. Anytime my phone. Honestly, I'd rather be naked with my phone and have battery than I'd be. It is bad. I mean, we're all just horribly addicted to our, our phones and technology, but anytime I don't have it or it's it's not charged, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Like, somebody's somebody's dead. Somebody's trying to contact me. Yeah, it's just, or like, my luck is like, this This will be the time, like, I blow a tire on the highway or something, exactly, and I yeah. can't use my phone. Like, I just, I just happen expecting something bad to happen, yeah. Same. Uh, but the, the other thing to mention, Chris Jones was definitely getting into it with, with everybody last night, but yeah. I did see a bunch of videos of him after the game. You know, just it was all love between him and, and Siva and Nana, who he played with, and Russ, who he played with, and you know, the guys had nothing but, but great things to say for him uh, about him. And I think you know, it just reinforces like a lot of times these guys they seem like they hate each other on the floor, and it's once the game ends, you go back into non-compete, non-kill everybody at all cost mode, and it goes back to being just 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 cordial life. So it was nice to see that after the game. Uh, but again, a fun night here. We'll take a couple of texts before we go to the break because I do want to get into the Kenny Payne stuff in hour number two. And, and Lord knows, once you start on the Kenny Payne train, it's <laughs> you can't get off. It's all anybody wants to talk about. So 
Uh, we'll take some text from you guys. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, text are saying, TK saying that his Wagner days were 20 years ago. Once again, how proves how simple math evades him. Also, don't forget that Scoots is into 13-year-olds, so, so there's that. Well, first of all, thanks, sir. I appreciate your point out because I wasn't speaking my student days. I was talking about my days of working at Wagner when my uncle was working there and, and uh, Coach Kathy was there and, and some other people were there. Coach Polio was there. That was about 20 years ago. Student there, yes. That's going on, God knows, 25, closer to 30. Wild. I don't, I don't even want to think about it sometimes. <laughs> Texas says, oh, can we stop doing this? If Kenny was coaching this TVT team, do you think we would have won both games? No. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll answer the question, Mike. Do you? Yes. You're such a, why are you winking at me? No, I think you're such a liar. Texas says, Mike, the game was absolutely incredible last night. It felt like the good old days with the, a few amazing moments to keep with me forever. Hopefully I can say the same thing about the actual team by next March. It always comes back to the current state of things. Well, I mean, I get it. <laughs> Texas, when Louisville and Arizona are both in the Big 12 in a couple years, I'm inviting you both to Tucson for all the festivities. Jed Fish and Jeff Brom could be the rivalry the Big 12 never knew it wanted. That's our Arizona guy. The guy who wanted you to talk to his class. Oh, yes. <laughs> Can't wait to get out there for Arizona. I would love the Jed Jeff rivalry to take off. <laughs> we haven't found a natural football rivalry in, in the ACC. It could be Arizona. I think we just bring him on as as, our, as like an uh, assistant coach. Brom v. Fish. <laughs> but, uh, oh, also, it, lo- it looks the way the if we do beat the Gutter Cats, we would play Bleed Green. They've already advanced. Is that that is Marshall? um. Brandon Jeffers, Jeffers uh, like North Texas alumni. Brandon Jeffers, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. they Brandon, they they've already yeah they've already got that way. They're they made doing. a big Cinderella run last year apparently, and they're back and better than ever, led by Brandon Jefferson. Yep, they've been uh, handily beating everybody. It looks like I don't care for that. How did everybody? That's amazing. They've already they've already clinched it. Okay, Texas says uh, if we would have lost. Because Nanu brought out the granny, I might have been okay with it because it would have been hilarious that he even tried. I mean, I, I when you when you were you cut me off to like I need to let me finish. I'm like he's gonna hit it right. He's gonna he's such a well, no. We just, we, we were, the thought was going. You were just gonna take us in an entirely different direction. So we well, my to, thought was that finish the story. I was, I was upset that we hadn't seen it yet, and you, I guess you did come through by telling me we would. I would have we seen saw it. it. We all saw it. It was one of the big points it's, of the game. It's been nicer if he'd hit it. Well, I think we, we all agree there. <laughs> no debating on that one? Texas says, I think that Chris Jones does have reasons to be upset about what happened to him here. He was kicked off the team because of a rape allegation that was proven that he didn't commit. We're, we're aware of why he was kicked off. Well, he was, But he was kicked off the team because he, he was specifically told not to leave the dorm last night because of stuff that had happened before, and he went out anyway. Yeah. Like, that's the, you know, cer- certainly the rape allegation was the headline. But again, my understanding the entire time. That's and, what led it to suspension. It, well, and this, well, no, he was kicked off the team. He'd already been suspended before that. Oh. Like, he had, he had already had, he and Shane got more leeway from, from Bertino than I think any two players that he ever coached. But the issue, like, he had had some stuff going on that he did actually do before that. And he was told very specifically on this Saturday night, like, you are, can't go out. Like, like you, under curfew, like, you were staying at Minority Hall. He went out anyway. 
had a big night in the town, like was out at, at Forest Street, did all the stuff. And that was when it got back to Pacino. I think before even any of the sexual assault stuff came up, he was like, he's done. He's got to go. Texas says, Trevor's comments about tickets from yesterday reminded me of my neighbor on Burnett Avenue. He had a ticket from the 1918 male manual football game that he found in the house when he moved in. Pretty cool to see. Also, how about the senior day Charlotte at Louisville game for the next uh, 20, 2000, from 2005 for the next basketball rewind? That was He's, awesome. Did you say 1918? That's what he said. That might, I mean, I probably got some little value to it, I would think. That'd you be a probably, cool ticket to have. Yeah, you could probably find an alum of one of those schools, probably be willing to pay a little money for that. The 2005 Charlotte game, I would like to go back and rewatch because I remember that was one of those just pure giddy, I love this, this program, I love being a fan type nights. You know, we're playing for the conference title. Larry O'Bannon goes off in his last game. The fans are chanting his name. Like, we just beat the absolute crap out of those guys. And I remember the game ended so early because I was at Dayton. The, the ESPN, like, stuck with the postgame coverage. Like, you got to hear Larry talk. You got to hear, like, the, the senior day stuff go on because they had time to kill. So they just they kept it at Freedom Hall. That was – I would like to go back and watch that. That was an awesome game. I don't know. Would that be on YouTube? I, I don't have to find it. Hopefully. I thought we were watching football games right now, though. Well, we could do basketball, too. I mean, I agree there are. Lord knows we need a positive helping of basketball nostalgia. I mean, look at this week. It's all people are just. I mean, if anything, we would, I would think we'd go back and watch like watch like the Wich, Wich, Mich, Michigan, the Michigan or Wichita State games combine both schools. Because yeah, of, but I feel know. like people watch those too often. Like, I've, That's like, true. Like, I've seen both those games. I think multiple times in the last ten years since they've happened. The Wichita won less for me just because a I got there at almost halftime because of traffic issues and. I think I've watched it maybe once or twice since then, but the Michigan, yeah, I've watched. I mean, I, I, you can also find that with like different play-by-play and stuff online. Yeah. Plus, being there, it was I wanted to go back and watch it to listen to play-by-play. Texas Wayne wasn't even dressed to play last night. I, th- I saw him on the bench. I didn't know he wasn't dressed. Uh, I don't know if he got. I mean, these guys are you know they're, they're up there in age. They're moving a little slower. Stuff you know, Peyton's got a hammy pull. Like, isn't Wayne one of the youngest of all of them though? Well, Wayne, yeah, he'd be up there because he graduated in 2015. He and Nanu, Nanu would be the youngest. Yeah, I, Nanu also left his like when he was like 22. He left, he left his, as a sophomore, sophomore in 2015. Yeah. Uh, Wayne was a senior in 2015. So, so Wayne would have been in 2015. He'd have been probably 22, 23. Yeah. So he's relatively about 30. Yeah, he's about 30. I guess so. No different than Shane, and, and maybe Shane's 30. We looked up. Yeah, he would be. He's actually he would be younger than Shane because Shane. Got kicked. Well, no, Shane was. They're the same age. They were. They were McDonald's All Americans the same year. So yeah, they're probably both thirty years old then. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he just pulled. Uh, he's actually thirty-one technically. He's not in great shape. Because his birthday was in February of this year. Shout out to Wayne. We love you. Uh, take a break. When we come back, hopefully we can play some of this uh, Kenny Payne audio from earlier today. We talked to the media. If not, we can just get into some of the quotes because there is some. There's some interesting stuff out there. So keep it locked right here. More Rutherford Show next here on 1450 and 96.1. Trevor, do you want to hear something that's going to make you and everybody else listening smile? I could use a smile. This is the last show that we'll do. Well, yes! <laughs> yes! Thank you! Finally! You know how long I've been trying to get fired from this thing? <laughs> we can make that up. <laughs> this is the last weekend that we're going to go into. I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it better. This is the last weekend we're going to go into. 
in a month that doesn't have football until March. So this is the last weekend. August 1st is Tuesday. Yeah. In August, we got football. We'll have, we'll have some real college football games. We'll have NFL preseason. We'll have practice. So this is our last football this weekend. Our last football list month weekend until March. But there'll be a preseason start coming up, too, though. That's what I said. Yeah. I said. To reinforce that thought, that how makes... about this? Coming across the, the, the wire just now. Jeff Brom has opened up his eight practices to the public, including the, two, uh, the first two. So Jeff Brom will let fans come and watch the team practice as they start training camp. First practice is next Tuesday, August 1st, 2.45 p.m. If you want to watch the next day, Wednesday, August 2nd, 2.45 p.m. Third, or Friday, August 4th, 9.45 a.m. August 5th, 9.45 a.m. August 7th, 9.45 a.m. August 8th, 9.45 a.m. And then August 10th and 11th, both 9.45 a.m. as well. All those open to the fans. Most practices are going to be held on the practice fields. Locations could change depending on weather conditions. Uh, fans are encouraged to park in the bronze lots at Ellenon Stadium. Uh, fans must stand behind the ropes. But this is a good thing. I used to love back in the day. You get behind the rope? I wanted to get under center. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd like to actually play, please. Can I run, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Can I run a route? <laughs> I'd like to get out there. But uh, this is a cool thing. I used to always love going out to the open practices when they had them uh, during the, I mean, hell, the Cragthorpe era, the, the Strong era. And then it kind of, you know, we haven't had, didn't have much of that with Scott Satterfield. But now Jeff's bringing it back to the people. You can get out there and you can watch the, the man of the people. Which means great practice reports will be out there, too. We'll have more information until... Yeah, once they get deeper into fall camp, and I get why they do this, they sh- shelter it off from the media a little bit more. You'll have some players who are available, and you'll have coaches who are available, but the reports are going to be written up by by Rocco, and he's got you know, Rocco's not going to be like Jack Plummer sucked today. So it, it's going to be the, the U of L is going to give you the highlights that they want to give. Yeah, that, that would happen. <laughs> but it's nice to have eight days where the fans get a a clear look at the team and unfiltered look at the team. It always makes you, I think, feel closer to the team before. And plus, we're all just desperate for football content. So that's good. Love to see Jeff doing that. <laughs> I'm just thinking of Rocco being mean to like a ride of it. Jack Palmer looks as bad as one of my Cleveland Browns QBs. That's probably how he would phrase that. <laughs> uh, other football news, I'm just seeing all the – I don't know where these odds – You did odds, make me smile, though. Thank you. Uh, all these odds – everyone's posting the same like graphic. College football odds for week one and week zero – I'm not sure what sports book this is, but whatever sports book it is that, that Locke and, and Matt Jones and everybody is sharing, it has the odds for U of L Georgia Tech. What do you think? I mean, we both assume Louisville's going to be a favorite. What, oh, what, I mean, I've underestimated. What do you think the line is? Uh, I mean, I thought it was going to be like in like around the five or six, but it's been higher than that. I'm going to say it's dropping at like Louisville minus ten and a half. I was going to say ten and a half too. That's because it's I've un, I've undersold the Louisville lines we're every both, time we've oh, done we've this. We both oversold it. Louisville's an eight-point favorite in this game. Ah, see now, see now they're getting closer to where I originally was. That feels about right. I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I would say I would have I would have opened at seven and a half. That's kind of your most generic line, I think. Yeah. Short of three and a half. Eight, eight, eight feels fine, especially for the first week when nobody really knows anything. I mean, we were whatever the line was for the Syracuse game last year. I don't even remember what it was, but I know that we were outraged. Like this is, I mean, we're gonna. Easiest bet for week one is Louisville to cover, and then we lost by 24. So you just – you never know. Will you lay the eight and a half? If I were betting, I would. I'd bet on Louisville to cover. But, again, like, I don't – who knows? I, I've, 
we have so many new working parts. Oh, yeah. Georgia Tech has so many new working parts. They basically are going to play an entirely different offense, it sounds like. Even though they did kind of start doing it at the end of last season. They did, but it was still. I mean, that and they is, played well at the end of last it, season. Doing it on the fly as opposed to having nine months to prepare for a season should be. I mean, they're going to look entirely different. Yeah. You, you just you, you never know for sure. Week one betting is always. I feel like over under are the the safer bets there because you just the you don't the, know. the best bets for me is to take the the large spreads against the middle middle teams like not your conference big you know power conference A versus power conference B but your Ohio State versus Ohio because those ones usually they're gonna they're gonna lay fifty and they're gonna cover fifty. Is that how you go about this? That's how I do it. And I do usually do well. Thank you very much. Why you're still working with one. <laughs> I work here for the atmosphere and the company. <laughs> the Trust me, it's for selling for the salaries. <laughs> but I will, uh, I don't know, you're confident to bet? Like, if you told me I had to bet it. I'm not confident. I would, if you're like, you know, under your head or which one right. are you going to make? I'm going to take Louisville minus eight and a half, but I'm not betting the game. That's, yeah, that's I'm, the same I'm, exact one. I don't want to be stressed about, I got enough stress a little bit mixed with the excitement of this game and this, this era opening up. I don't need to. I don't need to like pile on the fact that money's on the line with it as well. I just want to be able to enjoy or to be depressed, depending on how it ends. I think that that's a. Yeah, I've never bet on a Louisville game. I don't think I will. No, oh, I bet on a ton. <laughs> I just. I, I don't want to. Like it just. I don't. I don't want to have any sort of. People always talk about doing the happiness hedge. I don't want to have any sort of conflicting emotion. Like I don't. If Louisville wins, I don't want there to be any even small part of me that's like. Oh, but I lost twenty dollars or whatever it would be. I mean, the bet the best is like when we played Purdue with Jeff Brom, and I, I I bet Purdue, and Louisville still won, but Purdue covered, and it was like, okay, there you go. Okay, but I don't want to bet. I don't want to bet Louisville, and then when they, I mean, I I want it, and they win by only a touchdown or a field goal, and it's a close game, and I'm like, yes, we won, but I just lost like a hundred bucks. Like, right, I don't, exactly. I, that I don't. That's what I don't want to do. I'd rather just be excited that we won. I was already on uh, Kent's uh, uh, page already waiting for you. Oh, trying to get these Kenny yeah, clips. I saw you sent me a couple from uh, Tyler's. Yeah, we have a few clips, I think, because the I miss Kenny Klein. I, the 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 audio is not out yet. The full press conference. I would like to play. There's like three. There's like three or four clips on on Kent's alone, though. Yeah, I mean, it, which is great, but I think he talked for like 20, 25 minutes, and I'm sure I didn't hear. Like the quotes, the the, the quotes that are circulating are what they are. We can react to those, but I'm sure there was something else that was said that. I'd like to. I'd like You'd to like to think, but I don't know. Maybe not. Who knows? But we can get into it now. Kenny Payne did talk to the media today. Uh, for the first time, the local media, the first time since the, the Boston College loss in the ACC tournament. Been a long time coming. Uh, he gave a, a summer update on a number of things. Let's talk, uh, if you can find the, the first clip there. He does, this is the one from Tyler? The one from Tyler. This is okay. Tyler Griever of WDRB. Uh, he, he talked about year one, obviously, no excuse for how much pressure do you feel about producing results that are consistent with Louisville's tradition and their expectations? Not just results that are better than last season, but results that are, are up to the standard that has been set here for a number of years. And here's what Kenny Payne had to say. I cannot, in my mind, allow you to take that question to NCAA tournaments, to a number of wins. Listen, elephant in the room, guys. I know we got to win games. Every single time we take the floor, our job is to win games. But I am building a program. I am changing a culture. And in order to do that, I got to first get them to understand the process of winning. That's more important than 
to be honest with you, just saying, let's just win this game. If I bring nine new guys in this program and I only talk about wins and losses and not the process, how can I, in my mind, have sustained success? That's what it is. No question. I didn't know, um, to answer your question, how many games we will win. But I did know that if we don't know how to defend, if we don't know how to pass the basketball, if we don't know what togetherness is, if we don't have chemistry, how can we ever talk about winning? That's a part of the process. So I'm establishing a culture, um, building, trying to build chemistry amongst young people who don't know each other, or kids that are coming from hard situations that's been in the program, to be honest, and we talked about this um, last year, and you know about this, they believed there was a black cloud over the program. Young people believed there was a black cloud over this program. Well, <laughs> how do you get them out of that mindset? That's a big part of what I had to deal with. Your reaction. Blah, blah, blah. It's, um, a, it's a lot of what we heard last Yeah, I mean, it's... I, so, in layman's terms, what you're telling me, Kenny, is that last year's team was just a bunch of bad apples, and you had to get rid of them all, and then and, and you didn't do anything. They needed to defend. Well, that's great. Did, did you ever think about, I don't know, a wild idea, coaching them to, do, to, to learn defense? Teaching them how to play defense? Because you had... A year now to do that with with that with that team, from the time you got here to Louisville and the time that this last year's season ended, that's about a year, right, on the calendar, give or take. And I, I don't know. I never once did you see improvement in the defense in this team last year. No, it's the at any point. I mean, and, the problem is if you you spent all of last year talking about building the culture and this is what we're doing and you know we're getting better and they've got to learn how to I'm assuming the black flag is the NCAA the black cloud yeah he talks or about black the, cloud excuse me yeah I mean we've heard that phrase I mean, we heard that phrase going back to Chris Mack Chris Mack's very first Louisville Live he comes out and he's like I keep hearing about this dark cloud hanging over the program sun looks pretty bright tonight and all this stuff and it was like the, the dark cloud talk wasn't it wasn't the players talking about that I feel like that was more of a fan discussion or national discussion about how you know until we get out from in the NCA, how much can really happen here? But the, the the problem with all of last season, after every game, twenty eight losses. You heard him talk about not X's and O's, not the fact that we just lost to Boston College by twenty three points. They don't understand. It was it, it was yeah. They, they don't understand. We're trying to get them to understand how much this means to people. We're trying to build a culture here. We're trying to 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 fix players who were broken by everything that happened in the past. And then you know, that's all we heard. That was all we had to go off. That was that was the only positive talk we had in a season that included four wins. And then the season ends, and you get rid of basically that entire team, or that entire team leaves. And we brought it was what, two, three backs so far. I mean, four guys come back. back yeah. You bring in an entirely different roster, and that's fine. Yeah. But you don't get to do the same thing again in year two. You, you, you don't get to do the whole... Oh, no, that's what he has to do now. He has to build no, the culture you, for this team. You don't get to do the we don't care about wins, we're not setting a bar for this, you, you can't talk about NCAA <laughs> tournaments. You've got to talk about building the culture. And, but you, you don't get two chances to do that. I know he's trying to say this is actually my first year. No, like you had plenty of time last year to make that better than it was. And if your message wasn't received, then that's you get paid a lot of money. 
to make sure that these kids receive your message. And if you win nine, ten games this season, but you're talking about these kids get it from a you know building the culture perspective, and we took a step forward, you can't like that. It's, it should not fly. No. I, maybe it will with some people. It should not fly with Louisville fans. You cannot be at a place like Louisville and win 14 or 15 games in two seasons combined. And let the record show, like the, all the dark cloud stuff talking about. There's no dark cloud right now. There's no like you. You're you've been able to recruit underneath the you know, sunny skies now for about a year. And even before then, other schools that had the exact same dark cloud, the same uncertainty, the same we can't guarantee a kid that we're going to be able to play in, in the NCAA tournament, were recruiting just fine. So that excuse is gone. It, it should have been gone last year. It, it doesn't come into play as much as, I mean, look, Chris Mack was recruiting against the same stuff. And he had a team that made, he had two teams that made the NCAA tournament, or would have made the NCAA tournament if you'd had one in 2020. You got a McDonald's All-American on that he recruiting. He had one in 2021 that was the very first team left out. His disaster season still won more than three times as many games as last year's team did. You, we can't do the exact same thing again. If we're still talking about building a culture when we're 3-5 and five in early December this coming year, it should not play with anybody. Along those same lines... The, the second clip there. He uh, talks about, he gets I, asked about, well, do you think you inherited a mess from Louisville? Here's what Kenny Payne had to say to that. I inherited something that oh, was broken. Start right I have become a little short patient um, because, Sorry. listen, this thing was not, I didn't inherit a product that was fixed. I inherited something that was broken or I wouldn't have never got the job, right? We all understand that, right? Hopefully. <laughs> so that comes with stress. The stress of building something. The stress of inspiring young people. The stress of hopefully you guys understand. I played here. I played at this school. I know what this is. And when it's not fixed, I represent more than just me. I represent every player that's ever worn that jersey. I represent this community, the black community, the business community. I represent this community. So there's pressure with this that I feel that sometimes gets overlooked because you can say he's just a head coach of Louisville basketball. No, not for me. That's not what I inherited. That's not what this is. For me, this is, I, have, I give this my all, my heart, because I don't want to let any of you guys down. I know what this, what this looks like when it's fixed. I know what it looks like when you see a winning product, a winning program, and everybody's happy, fans, media people, um, supporters, communities. I understand that. That's pressure. So obviously I'm going to have good days, and when a kid's not doing what I need them to do or a team is not doing what I need them to do, I'm going to have bad days. <laughs> That was better. That that was th there was more that I, uh, of the, the type of thing that I think the fans wanted to hear there. The fact that he understands exactly the pressure that he's the, the only problem that I have is the implication that people don't understand that that he knows that he feels that pressure. We get it. Like we we know that the head coach at the program, the program here in the city, bears a lot of responsibility. That they bear the responsibility of keeping the community happy, keeping the fan base happy. I mean, he talked about the black community. Like, I, 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 we get that. 
you get paid three and a half million dollars to take on that pressure. Here's the and thing. you knew what you were walking into. So you don't get to play that card when things go poorly. I think that's the I, I like that he laid it all out there. I like that he stressed, don't think for a second that I don't get what the what what the expectation is here? Don't think that I don't take that seriously. I'm working the, the hardest that I can. I do want to hear more things like that. But the implication that like we don't get it or that it gets in his words overlooked, I think is fun. We all understand what's going on. Yeah, here. and it, it'll all go away if you win. Exactly. I mean, it's that's what it all comes down to. I understand it. You're getting you're getting feed. You're you're getting. Uh, I clap back. I don't know. I don't know what the kids say. Uh, whatever, you know, whatever it is, the stress you're getting. Yeah, you are because you won four games last year, and the team looked like the way it looked. And we, as a fan base, are getting are just we have little patience for it. And as someone that claims that is from here and knows this and played here, you should be fully aware of that as well. And I, I, I think he is. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I like. I assume he is. I hope he is. But listen, I get. Yeah, you're, you're more than just a head coach, but. You're not going to be that if you don't win, and if you don't, I mean, you're not going to be competitive and win, and and show us that this team wants to fight and be gritty, and then yeah, we're, you're gonna you're gonna get all the pressure from everywhere else. Head coach is going to be the least of your concerns. I, I think my bigger issue is you just come off more of a nice guy he, in that he, clip, though. I mean, I think he is a nice. guy. <laughs> I know like, he is. He's absolutely a nice guy. There's, I don't think there's any debate about that, and I think that's why. So many people want to see him succeed here, certainly myself included. It's easier to root for teams that are winning when they're also led by genuinely good people. It makes everybody it makes the whole thing better. I just want to win. I know you don't. <laughs> You're not a not a man of morals. You're not a serious coach. Could be out there like worshiping Satan for all I give two bleeps as long as he's got 28 wins under his belt. <laughs> If you're asking me to choose, like, a really nice guy who's not winning versus an who's winning, I'm taking the A. No, I know you are. You're, you're hell Satan all the way. Too. My point is, it's better when they're good people, for sure. Yeah, it just makes sense. So that's sad. why we all want Kenny Payne to win. And the my, sorry, Jesus. I was gonna say the alumni thing helps. My, we all understand the pressure that comes with what's going on right now, and I think it's fine that he's conveying that. I think my bigger issue with the past year, the way that it's gone, is that he doesn't seem to understand just how significant losing 28 games is here. It's not just a bad season. It's not just like if, if we had gone, if we'd had a Pegise Mac esque season again, if, if we'd repeated what we did the year before, the team had played hard, we maybe won a game or two that we weren't supposed to win, but at the end of the day, you know, we're 13 and 19 or whatever. That would be that'd be one thing. We'd all still have our same suspicions. We'd all still have the same conversations about, is this really the guy for the job? But we would have been able to live with it. The fact that this was just a something that should never, ever, ever happen in any program, the stature of Louisville, Un- even if we were on super secret probation, even if we were on, hey, you, you can only play scholarship players that are under six feet tall. Louisville should find a way to win more than four games. And I think the just the the extreme nature of what happened last season a lot of times Kenny Payne talks as if it was just you know, it was a bad season we were, we were a down program not fully seeming to understand the enormity of going 4 and 28 under any set of circumstances at a place like Louisville and why it might may cast doubt as to whether or not he can do this for a lot of the fan base i think that's been my bigger issue like just the whole the whole notion that like yeah it was a bad season no it wasn't a bad it was a, a disaster beyond any of our comprehension. We lost multi, we lost double-digit games to teams that we were ta- more talented in. I think that that's true. 
And I mean, that's then you, you. I mean, I'm not saying you can't beat. You don't win them all, but I mean, you, even a coach with his head up his rear end can probably win half of them. Yeah, it, it just. I, so where's where's your head, Kenny? Yeah, I feel like I feel like that when you when 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 Kramer when uh, George can't park car, he's like, man, with common sense can park a car. It's like putting on a pair of pants. Well, who put your pants on today? I do like. I'm just seeing another quote. I don't think we have the clip of this, but Payne saying definitively, "We will be a better basketball team." And I like this. Somebody's wow. like Kenny Payne adopted the Mike Rutherford guarantee. Definitely a big fan of the podcast. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, we're winning five games this year, at least five games. It's a guarantee. Mark it down. Uh, the last clip that we have. I here, thought you picked us at ten. I haven't given a number. I just my guarantee is. Oh, you're getting to win more games. Year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Payne, no, not talking to the media since last. March, since the, the very beginning of, of uh, I mean, the very end of the season, the very beginning of the offseason, why has that not happened? Why have we not heard him doing these little media scrums that we became so accustomed to under prior regimes? Here's his response to that question. One thing I cannot do is I can't uh, hype it up because it's unfair to these kids. Listen, this is a hard job, and it's been a lot of, years of hurt from a lot of people. And in order to fix this, I have to be honest with you, I need to hunker down and get to work on fixing this program and bringing the type of kids that need to be in this program instead of being accessible to reporters for interviews. I got to grind. And that's just the reality of it. Um, And I lost every game last year. <laughs> so, I got work to do. If you understand what I'm saying, <laughs> one thing. I... Uh, go go ahead. There there was a little bit of truth in there. That being, they lost almost every game last year. Well, he said every game, so he's selling himself short. He won he's, four. He's, he's he's selling exhibition. But the don't, don't can't he, the fact that I was supposed to believe that you can't like give out a 30 second statement or do a two minute interview. That's, yeah, that's. The because you're, quote unquote, grinding out there. I mean, grinding by what? Getting Tyler Johnson, who we don't even know is academically eligible yet. I mean, is it grinding is in like, I mean, having Danny Manning find a kid that no one even can even find on the internet as a recruit. I mean, grinding how? I mean, I, 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 I where where are all these recruits? Because you had time, you had time to go to the TBT game. I'm glad you did, but were you were you scouting there? Were you recruiting someone from the Gutter Cats? It just reminds me of, there was a tweet that I saw a couple nights ago that I laughed I mean, out loud. And this is maybe not translate to radio, but it was one of those where it's like my wife, my wife from the other room, like, honey, do you care to take out the garbage? It's like me. Sorry, I'm, I'm really busy right now. i got a lot going on, maybe in a couple hours. And then it's, he's like me in reality, photoshopping a pair of Junko jeans on <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald moments before he's, he's assassinated. And there's the picture of him wearing those jeans. Like, that's what this sounds like. I, I picture him being like Damone in, in, in past times when he calls him, when, when Rat calls him to bring him his money. And he's sitting there watching I Love Lucy. And he's like, I'm a little busy now. It sounds. I don't have. Sorry, Eric. I don't have time to do an interview. I'm grinding on a. I'm grinding. You know. It's heard. what the fan base wants to hear. They're like, I don't. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that because I'm taking it too seriously. But the issue is, I mean, there's somebody like every day who's telling me like, I saw Kenny Payne at U of L Golf Club today. Like, he's got, <laughs> he's, you've got an hour for the media. Or you don't need that long. Half an hour for the media. Whatever. Like once a month, maybe. Like especially after, after what happened last season. Now, if you'd won. 
26 games and gone to the NCAA tournament, take all the time you need. Like, yeah. grind it out. Like, go to it. Go, go MTV, the grind. You, you stole your, my words. Make yeah. it your entire summer. Like, we, and, and you're recruiting like this on top of that. We're all fine with that. When you go 4-28 and 28 and there are concerns about the direction of the program, you need to be out in front of that. It's not just about answering the media's questions or being – you know, no. You need to be out here stroking the fans' egos. It's not just about being accessible to the media. It's about connecting with the fan base, a fan base that is largely. I know that you've got a, a large segment of the fan base that still believes in Kenny Payne. You've got a large segment of the fan base that doesn't believe in Kenny Payne. You've got a large segment that wants to believe but needs some proof. Those other two segments, the the ones that you need to win back over, you need to connect with them during an off season after a year <laughs> where you go four and twenty eight. You need and to- not being visible at all. For the last five or six months, outside of a podcast interview with with college basketball robot John Rothstein and an appearance during a TBT broadcast, Which didn't go over well, it's just by the not way. going to, to to play all that well. Like, I, I get it, it's a good answer. It's a, it's a political answer. This is what a politician would say, you know, when he's like, "I just I don't have time. I've nose to the grindstone. We had a terrible year last year. I'm doing everything I can to ensure that it doesn't happen again." But the reality is, we're not that dumb. We know that you've got at least. A half hour. We know how much of your your contract, by the way, is based on media obligations. Like you get paid a ton of money to deal with the media, and connecting with the fan base, answering some tough questions, giving us updates when we, I mean, when we would like to have some updates. That's all part of the gig around here. And don't tell us you don't have thirty minutes to spare once every four weeks during the summer. Are you even had to like? Just go in there, like you said, like once a month, once every couple weeks, just one, once a week. You said 30, like you said 30 minutes. Do, do it while you're you know, in your bathroom time, for all oh, I care. Sure. And just be we like, just want to hear from you. yeah, and, 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 and like, you know, if you want to just blow some smoke up our rears, that's, that's fine. I mean, tell us Flowers is looking improved. Tell so, us what we want to hear. Yeah, I mean, you, I don't even, you want to lie to us, fine, lie to us. You're probably better off doing that if it's not true. But it reminds me of my lie to me rant from the middle of last year. I mean, like, just, lie to me, Kenny. Just, just, just tell lie. Me what I want to hear. Tell, tell me that, you know, this player is improving and the culture is getting better and, and Karan is now getting to look to be a more high character player finally. And, you know, just, just get, give us, give us something. Tell us, throw me a freaking bone. I mean, it, now if it's not, if it's a lie and it comes out, we see next year and, and the season plays out. It, whatever. I mean, you're not going to be around this time of the year after to, to, to explain it anyway. So who cares? Just lie to us. Tell, trust me, it'll make your life a lot better. It'll make our lives better. Do you know how many times Rick Pitino gave us summer tidbits that just wound up being complete fiction? Just the man started a website to do it. He created a JV team. <laughs> And then, like, when the season actually starts, you realize how quickly we forget about stuff. It was like a year and a half later, somebody was like, hey, remember when you said that we were creating that JV team? We did it at UK. What happened with that? And he was like, oh, yeah, we couldn't do it. And that was, that was it. But in the summer, when we're just desperate for knowledge, I mean, we are a rabid basketball fan base yeah. that right now is starved for any sort of success. Just tell us tell us that Brandon Huntley Hatfield's running a little point. I don't care. Tell us that he, yeah, t- tell us his, 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 his injuries are behind him. He's looking. He's in. He's in better. He's in the best shape of his life, and he and he's and he's do, he's playing. He's his jump shots looking good. I'll be shocked if Trey White's not a lottery pick. Just put that out there. I don't care. Tell me, Zam Payne is looking like the point guard of the future. He did have his an- update. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> the only update we got was from a this, this is what Payne said. This is via Matt McGavick, and again, we don't have the full audio out there. So this is. I'm just going off of. We're driving both driving into the studio. Don't we trust Matt to though to, to give us the right? He's the best. Yeah. Uh, Matt McGavick from Louisville Report. So this, these were the updates on specific players from Kenny Payne. 
One, and this is very patino esque so I appreciate this. <laughs> Brandon Huntley Hatfield is down to 8% body fat. No, that's, yeah, that's patino. Of course, Patino would be like, if it's not three, you're not playing. <laughs> Chubby bastard. <laughs> Mike James can now play the one through four, which now this is just what I was talking about. I don't believe that a bit. I don't either. But I like it. I, I watched, like hearing it. I watched Mike James dribble up the court last year against the press. It was very similar to, similar to when I had to try to do it in Little League St. Matthews. <laughs> Anybody can play the one through the four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can, we can play your, It's a very good boy. Anybody can be a shooter. He, did he say successfully one through four? <laughs> he can shoot the three. He can't make the three. But with Mike James, I'm like, yeah. I, 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 I'm choosing to believe right now I'm, that Mike James can still pretty much just play the two and the three. I mean, I believe I would believe a way sooner that he could play the four than he could the one. I'm same. Just, but that's just in the four only because he's got kind of that bulldog mentality. And he's he's got a good size. Last year when they tried it, it I mean, he was the only one they could even try to bring it up to. It was. It took him. It took him a miraculously ten seconds almost just to get up the court, and that was without be guarded. It was like four possessions, and I think that we turned it over on three, and then we were like, "Sorry, El, you're gonna, <laughs> you may die, but you're gonna have to go back on the floor, buddy." I mean, it should have been he a said, sign when he's looking down as he dribbles. It was bad. It was. It was, it was bad. Emmanuel Corfor has gotten much better with help from his global jam experience. Was that an exact quote? No, that's just it's, it's Matt McGavick. The summaries. Oh, okay. Okay. Said JJ Trainer's confidence is much improved. That's good. Okay. I mean, and I, then last, this is the, this is the best part of the entire press conference. <laughs> Zan passed the conditioning test. <laughs> Would that be not, <laughs> the putback we saw in the highlight? It's like is he, is he saying he's fat? I mean, did he not pass it last year? That's kind of an issue. <laughs> <laughs> he played a lot for somebody who couldn't pass the conditioning test. Well, I mean, we failed everything else last year. Why not? I it's mean, it's like reeling off all your kids' accomplishments. Like you know, it's like it's like Peyton won. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. Cooper made the honor roll in third grade. <laughs> yeah, he graduated high school. That's how this feels. Where it's like Zan and Zan. Don't forget about Zan. pass the conditioning test. Let's all hear it for Zan. My youngest son made the uh, the ABC honor roll. It's like, well, that's not really a thing. But congrats to Zan. He's 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 in better shape. He does he does look thinner in the, the brief highlights. Well, that, why didn't he dunk? Why was it a putback? Well, was a, he's, he's he's shorter than those guys. It was a, it was a tip. He's like six two. Yeah, I think Kenny also looks like he's in better shape right now. He looks he looked thinner today. So that's we've got that going. Nothing on uh, Dennis Evans. Did not hear a Dennis Evans update, which I'd like to. Or I, flowers or. Uh, I mean, again, Sky, maybe? I don't. I, Trevor, I've heard as much of this as you have. Okay. I'm following on the same thing that you have. I don't have the full on. I, all I'm seeing is the quotes on Twitter. I figured I, you were getting inside sources over there. Well, I was driving into the show, so it was happening while we were both driving <laughs> in. Um, he did talk about. We, we can play this clip where he talks about Ken, uh, Caleb Glenn in just a second. Uh, I'll send that to you. But uh, the other things that I think that stood out to this, let me, I'm trying to multitask here. Look at you, talented. Caleb Glenn right there. Yeah. Just doing it all. Jack of all trades. Master of none. You want to play this? Sure. This is uh, yeah, Kenny Payne talking about one specific player, Caleb Glenn, uh, the former male star yep. who played last year at La Lumiere. Obviously, Kentucky kid, Louisville kid, um, a little bit behind in the perimeter stuff because he's been bigger, stronger, and we played him around the basket. Natural. Now he's having to learn to be on the perimeter. And at six, 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 seven, um, you can't just think that you can catch the ball from five feet and score over seven footers, 16 guys. So I'm asking him to embrace 
being uncomfortable being on the perimeter. And he's done a great job. He plays hard. Uh, he should be a great defender um, and bring great energy. He has gotten better since he's been here. That's what I said about him the first time I saw him. Is he just did, did, clearly had to learn how to play on a perimeter position because he's excelling as being bigger than everyone else in high school. I think that that's the yeah. yeah, that's the, I mean, the, the, the thing. He's, his shot hasn't definitely improved, I think, is what I've heard from the, over the last year. That's what they've like said. I, I, he he reminded me of watching Larry Balbanon in high school because he was a low post guy and then developed into being a guard in college. Well, he definitely, I mean, he, he was pretty much a, just a three point shooter his first couple of years here. Um, the only other thing that, of note that, I've, that I know that Kenny Payne said, he was asked about Tyler Johnson, who's not, not on campus right now, and the answer does not, did not provide much clarity. Uh, he said just kind of straightforward. We're still waiting on the process to get finished. Don't know what that means. I've said this before, and, and I'll say it again. I've talked to six or seven people that have stories on Tyler Johnson. They're all completely different. They're, they're all positive, they're, different, or no. Nobody seems to know exactly what's going on here, or what the holdup is. Some people have said you know, they think it's going to be okay. More people have said they think that it's just he's not going to make it here. Some people have said he's he's probably going to be eligible, but it won't be until the second semester of this season. Uh, nobody seems to know, and that answer doesn't really give any sort of sort of clarity into what exactly is taking place here. But they're waiting on the process to get finished. It sounds like, if nothing else, it sounds like they at least still have some hope that he's going to to qualify and be able to play at U of L at some point in time. So there's that. All right, you've heard from us. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll hit the Thornton's text lineup. Your thoughts on the Kenny Payne press conference. We'll find some more clips if they're out there. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll be right back here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. I need to feel you touch. Grinding against okay. us. <laughs> <laughs> got to pay some bills. It is the hottest day of the year here in the city of Louisville. 99 degrees right now outside. Feels like 108. It's ungodly hot. If, God forbid, you have air conditioning problems right now or in the coming days, AirServe is the only place that's going to help you out 24 hours a day. Call them anytime, any day. 502-785-8600. AirServe always has technicians available for you. So if your air conditioning goes out at 2 a.m. and it's just ungodly hot and you can't make it through the night, call them directly, 502-785-8600, and someone will come out to your home or your place of business and fix your problem and make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air. We love our friends over at AirServe of Louisville. 
All right. Uh, so Kenny Payne did talk to the media. We played some of the clips. We gave our reactions to some of the quotes that are out there. We now want to hear from you on the Thornton Sacks line at 502-414-1450. And, yeah, if you've got some quotes that we missed, we haven't heard the whole thing. We're trying to find the whole clip. I think at this point it's a lost cause. So we're, we're just we're going to go with what we've got. But let us know what we missed here on the, uh, the Thornton Sacks line at 502-414-1450. Texas Mikey did talk about Dennis Evans. Uh, he said Dennis is an exceptional shot-blocking talent. He's very thin, but he's really talented defensively. He needs to gain weight, and he will, and we're going to need him to get up to speed as fast as he can. He's not used to the college game, the physicality, and the speed of the college game, but the game isn't going to slow down for him. He's going to have to meet the challenge, and we need him to. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I'll be honest with you. I don't. We know how good he is defensively, and we've heard Kenny Payne talk a couple of times. He's, he said on the, the Rothstein podcast about how you know, he could be a difference maker for us if he's you know, can find the touch offensively. Like he could be. He basically implied that like we in an ideal world, Dennis Evans is our starting center. He's playing big time minutes, and he's one of the better freshman centers in recent college basketball history right away. And this says to me like he's. It kind of reminds me of some of the insinuations he was making last off season about the players, which again wound up being not great. So the whole, like, he's got to get up to speed, he's got to gain weight, he's not used to the college game, the physicality, we got to get him going. That leads me to believe that he's maybe a little bit more behind offensively or is just as behind offensively as they were, they were, they were fearing coming into this, these summer workouts. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Dennis Evans is, needs to put on weight? We know that. I didn't know that. Has there ever been a freshman <laughs> center that the coach hasn't talked about them needing to put on weight? Besides Greg Oden. Troy Jackson. <laughs> Good point. Every freshman big man. I was going to say, I can maybe, I can't say the tractor trailer maybe. Well, I mean, I meant like, <laughs> I should have specified like seven foot guys. Okay. The seven foot college senior or college freshman <laughs> is always underweight. Besides Oden. I mean, even the seven footers, Oden like, weighs like, like 275 and he just looks skinny still. I don't think he looks skinny. He looked, he looked pretty red. Was he? I mean, he, but he wasn't fat. He was just muscular. No. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because he was on that, like, I remember hearing, like, an interview with Greg Owen when he was, like, in middle school and how he was, he would eat only, you know, like, chicken with the skin cut. I mean, he was already on, on this, like, crazy diets and stuff. And, of course, I guess it didn't help out. But, you know, yeah. should just gone to McDonald's at this point. He's, like- a, he's a chameleon. He's <laughs> one of the best commercials ever. <laughs> I'm a chameleon. I'm a chameleon. That was a great commercial. <laughs> this is, this is so, I love Greg. His deadpan delivery was just so great. I like Greg. <laughs> I do too. I, I felt bad for him. Uh, I mean, oh man, if you're Portland, you ever draft a center in the top five? I mean, you just might as well just cry, right? I mean, big guys. They, you know, once they have those, once they have lower body injuries, yep. it's tough to come back. We've learned that a lot. Of Rick Smith was a very rare exception. He had him for years, and then Larry Brown made him switch these shoes, and somehow it worked. And he had a good eight years of his end of his career that was healthy and, and awesome. Texture says, uh, I've seen the script for this opening game. Louisville's going to go up 35-14 on Georgia Tech, then give up two fourth-quarter touchdowns so Georgia Tech can cover. I hope that's not what happens. I'm, I'm not betting on it, so I don't care. I mean, yeah, give me just... any win in week one. Just survive in advance out of the first week. It's a wonky week. Texture says, the quote, the process of winning, I'm going to lose my mind. KP is so done. I've been trying to stay positive, but we're going to waste another year. Ten wins max. Do you think we win more than 10 games? Football? Basketball. <laughs> it's a text about KP. I'll be honest with you. You're just not paying any attention. No, no, no. I was going to say, I'll be honest with you. I think we have a better chance of winning 10 games of football than we do in basketball. 
I don't. I think the well, I mean, how different do you think the odds really are? A lot. I just I just don't have as much confidence. Basketball. I, I again I know the the, the non conference schedule is going to be bad. You have to understand that. Like we're playing the worst of the worst this year. We did that last year. Not really. Well, I guess then we did the worst. Of the worst we did beat. I mean, we did beat A&M. F- FAMU. Yeah, and Fort Western, Rick Stansberry. <laughs> well, Western would actually wouldn't even consider the worst. Of the worst when we went into it either, though. No, they weren't. But FAMU, yeah, the FAMU was the worst. Of the worst, and we. I wouldn't like we just like ran through them though either. I mean, didn't we? Only, was uh, it, that was one of the worst games we played all year. Yeah, and we, <laughs> and we, still, we, we won. Yeah, by like what seven or something. I think it was like yeah, it was it was whatever it was. I was like, this is terrible. This yeah, is, I mean, we played we played really bad that game. I want to see. I want to at least watch the first. Who's our first exhibition game? We don't know. Oh, we don't know it yet. No exhibition games have been announced. No schedules out. Uh, if I want to watch this two exhibition games before I, before I put my final stamp on this team, but well, yeah, I mean, we're talking. It's summer talk. We we have the right to change. But right now, if you told me, Trevor, you have to bet the over under at ten, I'm going to take the under. Really? I think the odds are better on my on my side for that. I would take the over, not with with it, with this roster and the schedule. I think the. I mean, they, I they, mean, last year's roster should have won ten games or more. I'm not arguing that. Right. They played a tougher schedule, and they. Last year's roster was not as good as this year's roster on paper. They should be able to win ten games. And look, even last on we paper, lost, right now we lost four games by one point. You flip those, and that's eight wins with the worst team we've ever had. And now you've got an easier schedule, more talent. They should be able to win more than ten. Not not guaranteeing or anything. I'm guaranteeing five, but <laughs> I think that they'll win more than ten. Texas says, uh, "I'm sorry, KP, but as the great Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game." He did say that. Texas, these KP comments are unacceptable. The culture at Louisville basketball is winning. We're in for another bumpy season because this guy doesn't get it. I think he gets it. I just I don't know if he's I don't know if he's, is he trying to play it off. I don't I don't know what he's doing with he does get it though. I mean today's answers alone tell me that he does he clearly understands there's pressure. But I don't know if he's just trying to play like be a loop about it, like just being like, oh, you know, it's I understand his pressure, but I'm working on it. He, he, he. I, I don't know. This, I mean, yeah. He gets it, right? I mean, you, you think he gets it, too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I really enjoy I mean, just going back to what I was saying. You have more saying, confidence in him winning than you do no, in no, knowing it. Just going back to what I was saying last segment. Like, I, I, I truly don't think he understands just how bad last season was. If he does, he doesn't reflect it based on his comments. And I think that, you know, the – it does seem like a little thing, but the kind of laughing and, and chuckling after every loss last season, it, it's just not one of those things that I could ever see one of the best coaches in college basketball doing in the midst of a 4-28 and season. I don't, I don't care if it's year one. I don't care if it's – like, imagine Rick Pitino ever laughing. And I know people hate when you compare him to Rick Pitino, but that's the standard here. The standard is to be one of the best coaches in college basketball, be a coach that can win a national championship here. If not, then we, you shouldn't be hired. But imagine Patino or any of those guys, just like being four and seven or three and, and fifteen or whatever we were, and laughing after getting just waxed by a terrible team in, in the ACC. I just I, I can't envision it. I will say this: I don't think anyone who claims and I'm not saying you're he's lying, but I'll just say I'll use the word as claim because the lack of evidence to prove it. But I don't think anyone who claims to be to not have time to do any interview in, in interview with media because you're grinding to make this better 
would never laugh after a loss. I think that's if you're putting that much sweat and tears and blood and, and have a drink, yada, 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 into the improvement of this program and the character and the culture and every other buzzword you want to use, then any loss would not result in a smile. If it's keeping you Maybe up at night. Maybe a tear, but not yeah, a smile. If, if it's keeping you up at night, then you're not yucking it up at the post-game press conference. No. You're, you're – you're furious. Like you're not you're, that type of person. You're slamming stuff. You're getting teed up during games. Like you're you're showing more emotion, and yeah. I mean, he's, uh, yeah. Because I mean, because the people you described, i.e., Rick Pitino is a prime example. This is a guy yeah, is is is, is twenty four hours of the day, sixteen of them is spent studying basketball and working on basketball. Maybe more than that. Payne did a lot last year of what – one of the things that actually I really, really did not like with the Chris, during the Chris Mack era is when things went poorly, Mack would kind of do this whole, like, I'm just as, as mad at them as you guys are. Like, he would, like, turn to the crowd and be like, can you believe these guys? And Payne <laughs> did that a lot last year where it was yeah, like he's laughing. He's like, I'm, I'm trying, man. Like, they, they just – you and I get Louisville basketball, but these kids, they don't – and that's – you are paid Your an job. insane amount of money. To make like you don't get to do the whole it's them it's not me like you you are a cohesive unit especially when you're talking about building culture you win together you lose together yeah. if they don't get it if they're not getting defense if they're not understanding what that name on the front of the jersey means th- at the end of the day that's on you yes and you get like all the kids are gone like that's fine but if it happens again this year if we're still having these same conversations in December and January then it wasn't the kids it's you. So that's why I don't want to hear him trying to lay the foundation for, you know, I, I can't talk about the number of wins. I can't talk about making NCAA tournaments. A successful season is just them getting the culture and establishing, laying the foundation. You don't get to, to replay that. You don't get to do that again. If it really and truly was that you just inherited a team full of bad apples and you kept the good ones and the bad ones are gone, history can't repeat itself here in year two. Like They, they, sh- they should already be understanding the culture. You know, they're going to these TBT games. They're seeing the crowd at Freedom Hall. Like that should be a secondary concern. Like that should be already accepted now. And I, I don't. I like the bombastic approach when you're taking over a new program. I like the, you know, Patino coming in and saying like. I'm going to turn this thing around in very short order. Danny Hurley going to UConn and being like, I'm going to go win national titles here again. I don't like the I inherited something that was broken and, and you know, we got a tough road in front of us and I don't know if it's going to get fixed and when it's going to happen. I would like him to let us know at some point that like, I expect to win national titles here and I don't expect it to take that long. Like Again, even if you're not 100% sure in your mind, late, like put that confidence out there. Let the kids build off of that. Let the fan base feel that. Like, let us know that three or four years from now, no NCAA cloud. We're going to keep recruiting this way. I'm going to show my coaching acumen. We're going to be back competing for ACC titles, top four seeds in the NCAA tournament, and we should be able to be in a position to, to make a run at a Final Four just about every year. Put that message out there at some point because we have not heard it yet. Texter says, was it me or was Payne coming off as defensive? I don't know if he was defensive. No, he was defensive after the ACC tournament game last year. He was for when those questions came up. Yeah, I, today it was I, uncalled. David shouldn't have been defensive. He should have understood why. But yeah, he should. And once again, like I have not heard the entire press conference, but the clips that we played and what I have seen did not not to me come off as, as defensive. I think it'd be come up today, but also be described in some of the even in, in, in text version. 
or X version, I guess, uh, would have would have said you know maybe came out defensive. But you're right, all the clips we just saw, he seemed pretty happy-go-lucky in a way. Texas says, as a 27-year member of the black community, Kenny Payne does not represent me. In <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Texas says, I feel less confident every time KP speaks. He sounds like a man completely over his head, trying to premeditate excuses for why he is going to fail. I think he might be over his head. And this is the, the double-edged sword. Like We want him to talk. We want him to give him updates. We just want him to say exactly what we want to hear, and it doesn't seem to happen. So we want him to talk, and then we just get outraged at the things he says. It's yeah, he's and People are like, well, he's in a, a, a no-win situation. Of course he is. He won four games in year one. He's, <laughs> he's in a no-win situation yeah. until he starts winning games on the court. Now, Then you can not talk. You can talk. You can say what you want if you're winning two. 25 exactly. games. Now, people... Fart on the mic for all I care. And I haven't seen anybody just poo-pooing the fact that he, you know, people are like, well, he just got a top three recruiting class. Everyone understands that, and they give him praise for that. Like, he did a great job <laughs> at landing a top five recruiting class this year, getting a couple of notable players in the transfer portal and Sky Clark and Trey White. Like, we get that. The issue is people aren't going to be gung-ho about what he's done in the offseason when the only thing that he's done during the actual season is go four and twenty-eight, like it's not like well, I mean, so not everybody is as negative as as, as Trevor saying he's not going to win ten games. <laughs> there are some people who are like, I, I like the roster, I like what he's done. I'm just in a wait and see approach. I'm, I'm not going to to predict that we're going to win twenty-five until I see that he can win at a much much higher clip than he did a year ago. And Payne said today at the very beginning of the press conference, you know, I, I feel like we've taken a step forward this summer. We need to be taking like. 15, 20 steps forward every month. Like every month during this offseason, and then when we get to the season, we need to be light years ahead of where we were a year ago because where we were a year ago got to us to a place where we broke every record for futility that this program has ever had. So like that's, yeah. We need to be taking more than just a step forward. Texas says, I've never heard a head coach making millions whine and play the woe is me card so much as Kenny Payne. Like, good Lord, suck it up, buttercup. No one is holding you hostage at this job. It's If it's so hard and so difficult that you need to bring it up in nearly every response you give, then just leave. I'm sure there's other whiners, but I just love the suck it up, buttercup comment. Suck it up, buttercup is a good line. I do like that one, yeah. I don't like, and this is I've said this before, I didn't like last year hearing all the times where he was like, people had to talk me into taking this job. <laughs> it's You know what it sounds like, and this is – not political at all. But we even said in today, he was like, I wouldn't even hired if this place wasn't as bad as it is, maybe. Right, which did not. I was like, I don't like Yeah, that kind of goes in the same umbrella, though. I mean, people were giving, people were saying, you know, he was a candidate back in, when Mac got the job or wanted to have the job back when Mac had the job. Um, but like, it, it reminds me, do you remember when, when, when stuff would get hard when Trump was president? Half, like, uh, every now and then he'd be like, I had a great life before this. I, yeah. I, le- I left <laughs> I every, I left my golf courses and my mansions to come here and do this. And I was like, well, you didn't, I didn't have, have to be here. I was like, yeah. you didn't have to. And now Kenny Payne kind of does the call. same thing where he's like, yeah, I had a good gig as an assistant for the Knicks, assistant for Coach Cal, assistant at Oregon. Like, I've had good jobs along the way. People had to talk me into doing this to, to rescue the program. It's, it's tough. I'm like, well, you know, you, a lot of people would have taken this job if, if you'd said no. <laughs> Appreciate me now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I don't, I don't care when I, when, when I hear that. All right, we've talked over uh, close to the top of the hour. We'll take a break. When we come back, five o'clock hours up next. We'll continue reacting to this. I knew it was gonna. I mean, I told you.
you can't start the Kenny Payne talk without it just captivating the audience and the text line is blown up and people have reactions to this. So, ah, but this will be the last week you went to worry about that because then it's football. And it's football. Uh, we'll talk more about this. We'll uh, look ahead to the weekend that will be and get you ready for the TBT tomorrow and everything else going on this weekend here in the city of Louisville. That's all coming your way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. Show on 1450 The Big X. It's an insanely hot Friday. Hopefully you're staying cool and your weekend's off to a great start. You're going to let the come on only, only play? At this moment, you mean everything with the address. A lot going on this weekend. We're celebrating the TBT victory last night. Getting ready for tomorrow's game at noon out there at Freedom Hall. Got homies and Jack Harlow kickball going on. Yeah, they're going to bite me one day. Phil the Fam, Lou City, taking on uh, Indy 11, their rivals out there at Lynn Family Stadium, trying to set a new attendance record. Uh, We have not mentioned this fact today uh, yet, but the Women's World Cup is going on. The clubs with the most goals, players from respective clubs that have, have produced the most collective goals at the World Cup so far, there are four teams tied with three goals apiece. Real Madrid... Arsenal, Barcelona, and Bayern Fraun from, from Germany. Three, four big-level clubs. Doubling them all with six goals from their collective group of players. Racing Louisville. How about that? Nice. Some are calling it the soccer capital of the world. <laughs> it's me. I'm calling it the soccer capital. Jeff Greer is just riding high these days. The center of the soccer universe. Now, I'm watching the TBT game last night, and I guess one of the the, the women, I think the the woman who plays for China from Racing Louisville scored a goal. And I think somebody else may have scored a goal, too. And he texts, he's like, the summer of Jeff is continuing. I'm like, is this about Chinanu? <laughs> he's like, I'll leave it open to interpretation. I'm like, I'm watching the, I'm watching the TBT career. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm glad the racing gals are having success. I hope it continues. But last night, you know what I'm doing. It's all about, it's all about the, the, the basketball nostalgia. It's all about the Ville. It's all and, then about the- and the game tomorrow is like noon, right? It's at noon. They're taking on the gutter. Ugh. Noon. Does that mean you have to get up earlier than usual? Hopefully it'll be on delay. Yeah, well, it won't be. be on, they have it on demand on ESPN, won't they? I can just record it. It's going to be on TV. Yeah, you, you should be good to go. I'll just record it, yeah. The, we also have some Feel Good Friday news. Nick Wilt, the officer who was shot in the head during the, the old National Bank oh, yeah. mass shooting, officially leaving Fraser Rehab today, officially left Fraser, Fraser Rehab today, 109 days after being wounded. It was a cool video to see him yeah. uh, being wheeled out and, and you know, waving and talking to people. That's a feel-good story. It is. Uh, that was I mean, was looking very, very dicey though there in those first few days, and he certainly he still has a long road to recovery. But nice to see how much progress he's already made in these uh, these three and a half months since, and hopefully he will wind up being fully recovered and can get back on the force. 
That was very cool. Um, Would you go back on the force if that happened to you, though? It is kind of like the forgetting Sarah Marshall. Like, if you get bitten by a shark, are you going to stop surfing? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'd go back to, like, the, being a play bad, like, give me a desk job or something, maybe. I would kind of ask, like, yeah. I mean, I'd, it'd be. I'd, Can I work on a boat? It's got to be weird, yeah. I mean. It, that's a, I mean, it's a fair question. After you do something like that, I mean, you know, these guys are, they're wired differently, though. Sometimes that's true. He's I mean, the types of people that run towards the danger. At least the good ones do, and he sounds like he's he's one of the good ones. So, I don't know. Um, Mike Farrell, uh, he wrote for, he's written for a number of, of outlets over the years about college football. He's fairly well respected. He's kind of like Phil Steele. He, he comes up. This is his time of the year. You start hearing lists and previews. It's Mike Farrell time. It's 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 Phil Steele time. It's Chip Patterson time. This is when these guys thrive. But he came up with a list yesterday of. The top five quarterbacks in all of college, or top fifty quarterbacks in all of college football for the upcoming season. Now we can get into the actual list in a second, but it's notable for one reason particular to our interest, which is Jack Plummer's not in the top fifty. I'm not shocked at that completely. I don't think maybe top fifty. There's only 113 teams in the FBS. He's basically saying that half, over half, of the starting quarterbacks in college football are better than Jack Plummer. Well, but that's just because he's going by what he saw previously, not what he's going to see coming this year. Well, I like that idea. <laughs> Who do you think he had at number one? This is also a topic Cal- of uh, uh, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is number two. Really? Um, I mean, May from North Carolina. Drake May is number yeah. one. I mean, it's come on. Well, I think it'd be one. I mean, well, Caleb Williams is like this since it's number one draft yes. pick. So, and he's a Heisman Trophy. Like, yeah, I mean, he's. They, I, I mean, he's. Yeah, he is. Every, it feels like clickbait. It, it feels like it's just. But Mays put up. I mean, he'll put up numbers. It matter. I mean, he Caleb. You would assume would have better team success as well. But I mean, are we talking like as an individual player here? Then I mean, it could. I could see maybe you'd go May. I don't know. For comparison's sake, by the way, this guy had uh, Will Levis at number one last year. Well, no, that doesn't help his argument at he all. He does have Devin Leary at number 23 <sighs> this year. That's That might be even too low for him, honestly, if he's going to be healthy. I like Leary when he's healthy. He's got Austin Reed, the quarterback from Western Kentucky, who was at one point in time rumored to be he was going to be the Jack Plummer. Yeah. He was going to be our starting quarterback. He's got him at number 13 all the way up there. So that's just – I mean, that's going by stats only then. And if that's the case, then – Jack Plummer's numbers were, were, I mean, I know they weren't Austin Reeves, but clearly no one's was. It was He set records last year, but I mean, Plummer's numbers weren't They were that, terrible. They he, weren't, he threw it a lot. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, if you were, if you, you can't, obviously you're not going to, you're not going to hold a player back because of his team success or lack thereof. Not that Western did bad, but I mean. He's got Sam Hartman at 12. Here's the, the, the one on this list, because, you know. Who's 50. Well, I'll, I'll get there in a second. All right. There, you know, there are some guys on here where I'm like, yeah, I don't even really know who that is. But there's one on this list that just makes me kind of just want to throw it in the trash. So at number 45, he's got John Reese Plumley from UCF, who we saw couldn't complete a, you know, a 10-yard slant last year without throwing it 50 yards over his guy's head. Right? The guy from Central Florida? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's horrible. He's got him at number 45. There's no way that Jack Plummer's worse than him. I mean, Plummer just off last year had a QB rating of 131, 21 TDs, just nine interceptions, 3,000, just shy five yards, literally, just shy of 3,100 yards. 62 completion. Yeah, there's I, – I thought, yeah, he should be in the top 50. He should be in the top 50. Yeah, that's – there's no – for some reason in my mind he had he didn't have that good a season. I mean, I don't – maybe it's because I got blinded by the fact California didn't. 
Gronkowski sucked. Yeah, but yeah, his numbers were legit. I mean, sixty-two percent is solid in college bas- in college football. John Reese John Reese Plumley is is was dog crap last year. I mean, not good. We saw him. He can't throw the ball. He's he's a good no, he's athlete, horrible. But there's no way that you can have him on that list and not have a guy like Jack Plummer. I mean, his Plumley's quarterback rating was sixty-nine point eight. He threw 14 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean, in fact, they're actually barely over 2,500 yards. Their seasons statistically were actually very similar, except for Plumlee did throw about 600 less yards. He had a 134 QB rating. Significant, huh? That's significant. It is. uh, The the percentages were similar: 63, 62. uh, Less touchdowns, 14 to to 21. Interceptions, almost. uh, Yeah, honestly, yeah, their numbers are. Very similar. The big difference is that UCF was a lot more successful than California was. I don't know. And the fact that he's going to join his former coach and Louisville has more weapons than Cal had, that's not doing your homework and foreseeing what should be an improved season. Yeah. Real that's somebody who didn't even probably – I'm shocked if he even knows he's at Louisville. Yeah. Real quick and we can move on. The, the top ten overall, if you're, if you're curious. Drake May from North Carolina, number one. Caleb Williams is two. Bo Nix from Oregon, the resurgent story, continues <laughs> – Michael Penix, uh, aka Penix. Penix, that's a. I mean, he's going to have a Washington, hell of a year if he stays healthy. He's number four. Michael Pratt from Tulane is five. Jordan Travis, another old friend from Florida overrated. State, is six. Jaden Daniels from LSU is seven. Overrated. JJ McCarthy from Michigan is eight. Way overrated. Quinn Ewers from Texas is nine. Usually overrated. Cam Rising from Utah is ten. Hudson Card from Purdue, by the way, is, is number eleven. Jeff Brom's old quarterback, or going to be quarterback. There you go. Who wrote this again? What what schmuck? Mike Farrell. Uh, yeah, there's a reason why I know, I know uh, Steele and don't know him. Well, he'll still also has been mailing for a while. That's okay. I don't. That's the one time I ever should have been Steele. I could hear him flipping through his own magazine to answer the question. Sounds about right. I was like, which I guess I can't blame the guy. Be that much work into writing, it might as well use it, right? He's loaded with information, but it's all like he just he uses <laughs> everything because he's like, I. I've got this, these stats from 2002. I can't let them go to waste. I'm like, Phil, you can just you can you can tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> you can make this a little bit more concise. Like I asked him something about Louisville, and I just want to be like page 74, Phil. <laughs> 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 it's like it's like I can just hear him like, like doing the mag. You get it was so obvious. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> well. I had part of me wanted to say it. I was like, yeah, back. <laughs> the, the full Kenny Payne press conference is, is finally available online. We don't have time to play the entire thing now. But no, we got to listen now. We've reacted to it enough. We, we, we've given our thoughts on the quotes. We've heard from you guys on the text line. Uh, we'll hear from you more in just a second at 502-414-1450. Um, the, the only other thing that I wanted to get to today, and we, I mean, do you want to talk about conference realignment at this point? I no. I don't either. Like what the ACC should do, what the Big 12 should do. I did like the, the, the one thing that I really liked that I saw today, because there's all this debate now about is the Big 12 on more solid footing than the ACC? Which one's better? Which one's in better shape moving forward? You know, the Big 12, now they're at 13. They want to add 14. Is it going to be Arizona? Is it going to be UConn? I thought David Hale made the, the, the best comparison. He said, the Big 12 is threads. The ACC is Twitter. I don't want to invest in either product long term, well, but, but the one that everyone hates is still the better product today. That's us. I'm, I like that comparison mainly because I don't even know what Threads is. So I mean, at least we're the one that I know of. Yeah, I mean Threads. Like, you know, the Big Twelve—they're making moves, they're doing stuff, they're shaking it up, and you go and you're like, well, when you actually look at it, it's, it's like I'd love for this to be a great alternative to the ACC, but it doesn't really look like it's much better. The ACC still seems like it's again with a 
unsure, uncertain future still looks at the current time like it's it's a more stable league. And I think that's what, what Hale's saying, and I, I agree with that for the most part. I concur. We've got to get a better TV contract, though. That's, that's the biggest thing right now. We've got, we got to find a way to bridge this. Oh, yeah. Uh, bridge the, the, the revenue gap. All right, uh, back to the text line, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line as you guys continue to react to Kenny Payne's comments from today. <laughs> so we don't need to play more of the press conference. Let's let the uh, texters yeah. pretty much just do it for us. Exactly. Texter says, what's the percent chance uh, of going in in both of your minds when they were shot? First, the buckles three from the top of the key. Oh, it was, <laughs> first of all, I was like, for a second there, I was like, who is that? I forgot. Well, that <laughs> you didn't play, I think, in the first game. I kind of did, too, to be honest with you. That's, that's when I saw the form, I was like, oh, that's. Yeah, I knew exactly who it was, too. Yeah. 15% probably is where that, it was. That was the text that, that, that was the shot that got me texting you why, <laughs> 10 years later. Why we choose? Yeah. And then he said, your, your percent chance of going in with, that you thought when the, the loop three went up after the pump fake and fly by. I, I thought that was like 50%. I didn't see that one, I guess. I missed that one. It was classic loop. I mean, I, I thought he was going to say the Russ Smith one where he dribbled up and just like he just like chucked it up. And that was like two guys on him. I'm like, there's no way he even tried to shoot that. He was trying to get fa- the foul call. Yeah, and it, it went in. It went in. That, that was like, I was like, this is just classic Russ. This, that was hilarious. I was like, what? A, that was the point where I was like, I don't even care if it, what a treat this has been. <laughs> seeing Russ do this in Louisville again, this it's all worth it right now. Texture says, uh, please review the 2005 Elite Eight game, pretty please. Oh, I mean, that was a fun one to watch. That's one of those games, like, you still remember. I remember where I was exactly watching it. And yeah, I think we talked about it, like, last week. Yeah. What was the last one? No, I w- well, it had been the week I was gone there, maybe. but No, you, it, was, it was last week I was telling the story about being upstairs and going between the, the, the TVs. And nah, that was that wasn't with me. I just don't remember. If it was, it didn't make a bell. I watched it on an old, screen, old, old school big, uh, big screen TV at my buddy Say's house by myself. Just, just panicking. I, would, I've, I know I've rewatched that game in the years since, but it's been a while. I've, I think I rewatched it a couple times, like when I was still in college. But I would like to see it again. I know it's. I, I think I saw like there were people on the the early U of L internet who would burn DVDs and sell them for of, of classic games. And I know that I had that DVD at one point in time. I don't even know if I have a DVD player I, now that, to watch it. You can probably find it on YouTube. Um, I think I saw this one on YouTube one day, and, and it's, it's in more football. What about the uh, Boise State Louisville Liberty Bowl? Yeah, I know I've watched that game too. I'm, I'm yeah, we've well, Mike, we've watched all these games. But I mean, like, I'd like to recently. think we have at least. I think, I, we mean, actually, I think I actually did a rewatch thing for that for for something else. Okay, I was gonna say, well, that's not. I mean, don't just, yeah, don't 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 punish this family because you you had you enjoyed it with another family. Sorry. I mean, want to be a new experience for all of us. The, the 05 Elite Eight game is on YouTube in full, which is great. But we could do that if we wanted to. I wouldn't mind getting a little basketball in there. We've done three football games over the years. You've done two. What was the one that I quote unquote missed? The East Carolina game from I think it was uh, 2001. Okay. Good game. You want to do that one? <laughs> Texas, can we break down the Louisville comeback game versus Tennessee and Freedom Hall? I don't think that full oh, game was Oh, that was on. a fun game. I told you, you still don't believe me that I smacked Church on the back don't stand up. That was a great, yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, I was so drunk that game. That I mean, I don't think that full game is on. I know the I know the end is on YouTube. I don't think the full game is on YouTube. That was the first, and I know the season we ended up not going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was but that point. was the that was kind of the first moment of the early Patino era where you're like, okay, this is going to be fun. Like, oh no, that was that we're, was we're, the moment. Yeah. yeah, we're going to get back to where 
we want to be, and it's not going to take all that long. And then you know, the very next year, we're a four-seed winning conference tournament champion. Because Tennessee was ranked in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. And then, and then the next moment, we didn't. That was the same because we also upset Cincinnati that year too, right? We did, but that's when things were going already kind of south. Yeah, but so that was when that was that because team's first year we beat Cincinnati when they were like number five in the country and came. We to did, us. but we, that was that was when we made our like late surge to like, hey, maybe if they win a couple games in the conference tournament, they yeah. could get in the NCAA tournament. Because we had had a bad run before then. It and was then Dwayne it was, Wade. It was still a that. sign of you know that you yeah, know for sure. things are going to get better. I mean, hell, the, the first sign was when we came out, we beat South Alabama by like sixty and forced forty three turnovers in that first game. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to work. This is going to be fun. It's already better. Texas says, I'm uh, sorry, not even – Texas says, winning four games at UofL is like Ohio State winning one game and Ohio State losing to Akron in that season. I'm sorry, not even Akron, Youngstown State. It's actually, that's not a bad comparison. That's probably a similar comparison. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's – yeah, Louisville winning four games is probably – is Ohio State winning one or two. And I can't remember my lifetime they ever had a season that bad. The worst season I remember having was like – I want to say uh, Trestle's first year. Uh, yeah, I think I want to say Trestle's first year. I think they went like four and eight or something. Was that bad? It was, I remember the big it, it was either. No, no, it wasn't his first year. First year they went like six and five and went to a bowl. But uh, like the year before, I think they went like four and eight. But that was, I mean, and that's like as bad as I think I remember ever being for Ohio State. Yeah, it's been a while since they've been even mediocre for that. I, I mean, to them, mediocre is winning six games. Well, I mean, yeah, clearly. I think that's, that's I think to them, mediocre is winning nine games. I think. Six is just terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't had a losing record since. Well, they went six and seven in 2011. That was Luke Fickle year in between the the whole Tressel and Urban yeah. Meyer, yeah. Before that, the last losing record was 1988. They went four, six, and one. That was the year, uh, that was Cooper's first year, and that was the year they, lost, they last lost to Ohio State. I mean, Indiana, I believe. I mean, since... I so they've mean, had one losing record since 1988. Not even that. Since 2005, they've had two seasons where they've won fewer than 10 games. <laughs> they've had double-figure wins in every year since 05, except for two. Have they ever won? Well, and, 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 and one of those is the 2020 season when they went 7-1 and one and went to the, 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 the playoff. There, so really, they've had one season where they haven't won double-digit games since 05. The, they've never won less than three games in a season. That's insane. And that's going back. I mean, most of those, last time they did that was 1959, Woody Hayes. God, like, we never got hit for that season. In the modern era of college, but we never won fewer than 12 games, and we won four this year. So I think that the comparison holds. It'd be like Ohio State going 1-11 in football. Yeah. That's, yeah. Texture says, uh, which hoax is worse, Jesse Smollett or Carly Russell? Which Carly Russell? Because, you haven't seen any of this? No, I'm not. I know just I know this most this motor dude is. She was she had the huge she was national news a couple of weeks ago because she got abducted. She had reported that she'd seen this uh, this toddler on the side of the road and she no. called it in and then there was like this this hustling and bustling and like she got she said she'd been kidnapped and she was gone for two hour two days and everybody was putting up all these doing all these searches for her and like you know all, she got all this attention and then she just turned up at her parents' house okay and then as it turned out like she had it became pretty clear early on that, like, something was amiss here. No, I did not see this. Yeah, she, her parents went on Today Show. Her old boyfriend was talking about this. She was fighting for her life and all this stuff. And it turns out, like, she had, she had Googled, like, right before she uh, got, quote, unquote, abducted, you know, like, how much, like, how does an Amber Alert go out, like, all this stuff. And, yeah, she, she just got charged today with two things. But it was. Amber Alert? But she, was she, is she a kid? No. I mean. She's like twenty. This 22. sounds like it's like I think I saw an SVU episode of this the same plot line. Yeah, she 
know, she was. So this was like just she just tried she just wanted attention and just acted like she was kidnapped. She had something going on with her boyfriend. Like she was, I think she was trying to get attention there. But she has been charged with with two just two misdemeanors now in her kidnapping hoax. Uh, I think the Jesse Smollett one. Was I was right. gonna say just off just what I know from this. Yeah, well, being the fact that one I've heard of and one I haven't, the Jesse one was bigger just because he also played into the whole national perspective of yeah. the Trump stuff and. But Carly Russell, yeah. she did. I think what screwed her was it, like she wasn't expecting to blow up and be like huge national news. Like she she did this. I think she wanted it to be like local news and then people to worry about her or her boyfriend to worry about. Her. I don't even know what was going on in her mind. And then it became like the story. Like everybody was talking about it. And I think she realized it and she was like, oh bleep! Like there's there's going to be no way for yeah, me to cover this up. This is Bart down the well again. Yeah, yeah. I think that she and that's when she just came home and she was like, I don't. <laughs> She very clearly didn't know what to do. She had not planned this out at all. <laughs> yeah, that's like it. the Jesse Smollett thing. I think was more. That's that's worse. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, was. It was. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing. Texas. I think the difference uh, about with Kenny Payne is that he doesn't think last season was bad. He doesn't take full responsibility for it. It's those who came before him's fault. Well, I think he knows it's bad. I just don't think he. Uh, but I do. I do agree with the Texas. Thinks he doesn't feel like it's his fault. Like it's just like no matter what. So, and it, what baffles me is, what if that team last year, what if that team went twenty and went twenty five games? Would he have been taking credit for it? What I said yesterday, you know, you, you, yeah. you, you never have the coach talking about like, hey, it's this is really my first year. Like Scott Satterfield, after winning ACC Coach of the Year and winning eight yeah. games, wasn't like flushing the toilet. That, yeah. that wasn't my team, guys. That, yeah. that, that that wasn't me. Now I'm getting my guys. You're going to see the real me moving forward. You know, no, was, you're right. That's yeah. It's I, I think he's aware. Give me. Lord, you cannot be aware of how bad the season was. I mean, he doesn't act like it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my one of my. Biggest. But I think, yeah, I just think he knows that he just doesn't feel like he's responsible for it, and that that anno- that annoys me. The weird thing about the people will talk about, you know, he's trying, coaches try to frame things, and the, you know, they want the to, to paint it as somebody else's fault and get the public on their side or whatever. At the end of the day, none of this matters, right? Like, even if everybody. If every member of the fan base, if every person at UofL was all on the same page and said, you know what, last year Kenny Payne bears .003% of the responsibility for us going 4-28. and He inherited a broken situation. It was terrible. Now you're going to see the real Kenny Payne. If he goes 8-21 and again this year, he's going to get fired. Like, like, so it, it doesn't matter, the messaging here, which is why I'm kind of baffled that he still tries to seem to – to, to place the blame on other people or doesn't step up. And even if he doesn't really believe it, the fact he doesn't take more of the responsibility, it feels a little, I hate to make this comparison, but it feels a little Craig Thorpian where, you know, Craig Thorpe every single year, it was like, you guys don't understand how bad it was when I got here, the Petrino players. And then it was Jeff Brom's got to go. And then it was the defensive coaches don't know what they're doing. They've got to go. And then finally there was nobody else to point a finger at. And it was, Hey, He's got to go. He's not getting it done here. We need to bring in somebody who can. And thankfully, Charlie Strong. Was well, that's first. the natural order of things when you when you're co- as a head coach. You always the the systems but are always it shouldn't be. It only is when it's going to go poorly. It, it, you know the whole. I mean, it has, and it's never worked. Too have you ever seen a situation no. where a coach gets rid of the OC then the DC or in basketball cases just this, these the coaching staff in general and like things turn around and, and they, they they stay at that place no they they, they always end up, end up believing in the long run or where they blame the past regime or they blame the first year players or they start to kind of blame the fans like all of that stuff it just reeks of of panic and that 
these are all red flags for the future of the program. It's, I mean, I can't think of an example. I'm sure there is. I one. I think the only one I can think of that would maybe I don't, I don't know how he reacted, but he he could have done that, and it it all worked out. Would be Scott Drew at Baylor. But Scott Drew didn't even never did that. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he whined that. Way. I don't know if he used the same comment. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. But he, if he'd come out his first year at Baylor and be like, "Listen." What do you want me? I can't, you know. Scott Drew came out at his first press conference at Baylor and said, we're going to win a national title. Okay, then, then yeah, then that, that, I did not know that. That's what I'm they, saying. They played it. I think. I but if he had show. done that, if he had done that, he had the, I think he's one of the few people that legitimately had excuse because, I mean, they were on the band of where they going to play five games that year anyway. And everybody would have bought it because yeah. it, it was legit. But I'm saying, like, in in, in situations kind of like the one that, that Kenny Payne walked into where, yeah, it's not great, but – it shouldn't be, you know, it's your job to build it back up where the blame immediately starts flying when it gets worse. I feel like it's very rare that you have those types of situations where you do the, you know, shift the blame checkbox, checklist, and you're starting to, hey, it's the fans. Hey, it's the players. Hey, it's the past regime. Hey, it's the scheduling. Hey, it's the NCA. It's very. Hey, it's everybody rare. but me. It's very rare where it becomes apparent three or four or five years down the line, like, hey, he was right. It was everybody else, and now we're seeing the real this coach, and he's crushing it here. Like, I, I feel like that just doesn't happen. It usually portends bad things, and I, I, I hope that we're the exception here. Texture says, damn, uh, TK's, quote, any loss and you're not smiling after the game about KP take is one of his best. Winning culture isn't yucking it up after losses. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> he drone words there, kid. You're right. Winning culture, it isn't yucking it up after a loss. What? What's that? That you're basically by doing that, you're telling your team that you know who care. Oh well. Yeah, that's. I just. Cuck, cuck, cuck. Yep, we we lost like the game. We things, we look we look goofy. Yeah. It it bothers me. I wish it didn't. Texas, ten wins is nonsense. Cards are back, baby. I wouldn't be surprised if we win fifteen or sixteen games. Baby steps. It's not like KP has paid millions of dollars. <laughs> I mean, I'm tell- I've told you exactly what's going to happen. They're going to win just enough for this to be another huge argument for the entire offseason, for the entire year. It's going to be right in that 15, 16, 17, maybe 18 range. And it's going to be just what we went through with Satterfield, where it's, there's just enough positivity out there that if people want to back Kenny Payne, they can. But it's not enough for anybody to feel overwhelmingly optimistic about the long-term future of the program. And we're going to be stuck in that fans at each other's throats thing again i hope again it's the summer of wishing i'm wrong again uh, i hope that we leave no doubt i hope it's 25 wins in an ncaa tournament berth or maybe even more but i feel like it's gonna be right there in the middle but if it's what you're saying if it's less than 10 that also leaves no doubt at least to me surely to god we're not gonna keep somebody who's won single digit games in back-to-back years when that had never happened in the modern history of the program once before oh no you can queue up quintus astonics that's no doubt it should be uh take our last break when we come back we'll get some more from you guys on the text line we'll get you ready for everything going on this weekend in the world of sports reds are back at it tonight against a former uofl player we'll talk briefly about that keep it locked right here last segment of the week coming up next here on the mike rutherford show on 1450 and 96.1 the big x
like you've used this one recently, but I like it. It's a good, it's well, you just kept saying no doubt, so I was like, I had no doubt in my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said that phrase like six times, and, and I even doing I'm the sorry. good stuff no doubt. And I was like, I want to play no doubt. And I was like, someone had something up beat. I was like, just went with that. Yeah. I didn't even realize it, but uh, <laughs> my apologies for overusing the phrase. I do like the song, though. That's a good song, yeah. I liked it. The, going across the timeline earlier today, I saw you know people are doing all this leftover content from ACC kickoff week and, and all that going on. And there was the ACC network saying, he's 6'7", he can jump pretty good. It's kind of like a cheat code. It's like create a player on Madden. Jordan Travis talking about Florida State wide receiver Johnny Wilson. I was like, That's The tall guy? I was like, that, hold on, that's not his name. We refer to him by one name only, which is the tall guy. He's the tall guy. Please. I'm like, of course, he's, of course he can do that. Of course he's a cheat code. He's the tall guy. It's who he is. It's what he does. Um... <laughs> We've got to, we'll get back to the text line in a second. We'll look ahead to the, the weekend that will be in sports. But, TK, big weekend ahead. What's the movie marathon going on this week? Do you plan on leaving the house in these next three days? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> you're off tonight. No bats. Yeah, I, uh, I actually just ordered uh, some uh, Kabuki Express again. I'm going to take it home with me because uh, I can't get it over in Louisville. I, I, it did, it did, you know, I was going to get it tonight doing the bats game, but it's not to work it. So I'm gonna take that little Chinese home with me, and then uh, I think um, I could start. I'm, I'm down to either doing the Band of Brothers start this weekend, or my buddy Yates has suggested a uh, Apple TV show. I guess with Seth Rogen in it, and Rosie Byrne, Byrne or however you pronounce her name, Rose, the two, the girl that was in the movie Neighbors with him. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the show is. He suggested. I don't know if you you know what I'm talking about. If no, you have any ideas, okay. Um, I didn't like the movie Neighbors, though, with them in it. Oh, I, I loved it was, Neighbors. See, I thought it was dumb. It just it didn't do it for me. Um, so I, I'm a little, little standoffish, but Apple TV's three for three with me. What's the show again? Uh, I don't know what he said it was called, but it's, it's Seth Rogen and, and the girl from Neighbors. It's, I think and, somebody recommended this to us a, a while back, I feel, and it got multiple recommendations. So uh, it's, it's Platonic, is that what it's called? I, that sounds right. Yeah, it's called Platonic. Again, it's I, I'm three for three on Apple TV right now with Ted Lasso, Shrinking, and The Shrink Next Door. All were awesome. So um, I might give it a shot. It's only, I guess, one season right now. So those are the, those are really the two kind of maybe on the cusp. I've been itching to get Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I don't want to pay, like, the whole rental $19.99 price for it. I think it comes out in like two weeks on Disney Plus, so I'm trying to be patient. We, I had the same thought. We pulled the trigger on the new Little Mermaid at the house. I was trying to wait for Disney Plus, but I mean, we've already watched I think 17 times. Well, that's that's a lot farther than Guardians from coming out because didn't that just go to theaters just recently or not? No, it's been theater. It just came to streaming like July 25th, and it's I think oh it's okay. On, I think it's on Disney Plus, and I think it's the same thing in a couple weeks. And so it was like, do you want to pay 20 bucks to have this, or do you want to wait? And I'm, I was like, Virginia saw it. I was like, well. We'll get our money's worth out of this, and we already have. She's I mean, watching. she was watching it when I left. That's that's what the problem is. Is like I want to be like I'll probably. I mean, I, I think I would like it. Maybe it's not like I haven't spent twenty bucks on it. Well, you're also not three, so true. Well, <laughs> I know sometimes we. I was forget. gonna say thank you. That's the nicest thing you've said to me. I think in six months. That's not true. If I knew that, like, if I if you were gonna tell me, well, it'll be on Disney Plus for like two weeks, and then then, then it'll float around, then I'd be okay. Maybe more buying it, but. I know in like two weeks it's going to be a Disney Plus for pretty much ever, and it's free on there. I mean, that's or not free, but you know, I already pay for whatever it is a month. So, yeah. I'm trying to hold off on it because I do want to watch that. That's not the only really movie I think that's out right now that 
I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd promise to text her I'll watch Oppenheimer and I'll watch Barbie at some point. Are you going to watch Barbie? Yeah, I'll watch. I'd tell her text her I'd watch it, yeah. Mary's desperate to see Barbie. I mean, I, you know, I don't. I could be wrong, but when I see the previews, you know what movie I just think of that like I can see it being like? What's that? The Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers. Actually, like, it just it has that. I've not seen the Cat in the Hat. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Why did she watch that movie? Uh, I, I don't Drugs. Uh, I mean, I don't seriously can't think of a better excuse. Uh, uh, that was the reason Bob watched Beautician and a Beast because of because of acid. Uh, it's the only way. A terrible movie to watch while on acid. Beautician <laughs> and the Beast. I'm gonna be honest. Something? There's really not much bad movies to watch on non. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say at least watch like the uh, what was the, uh, the the movie with the the. The, the Indian kid in the boat with all the like the crazy lights and he was with the tiger and it was all made up. Oh, that was Life of Pi. Life of Pi. At least get. Yeah, well, see, that was by that time that came out, I stopped doing the hard drugs. Oh, well, that's like a tough break. I get um, here's here's a small quick story of it. I was okay. uh, my, my mom worked third shift. I was at the apartment. I was on house arrest. Took some. Couldn't leave the house, and she had like three VHSs and one of them is Petition and the Beast. You were on house arrest? Yeah. Was this? Not like not like wearing drugs? a bracelet thing. It was just I just was, wasn't supposed to leave. Yeah. Was this butt joint time? No, no, no. <laughs> I actually got off. I didn't get nothing for that because they found out they didn't really. They tried to give me false charges on that one. That was the black and mild tip night. Of all the explanations you could give for watching <laughs> Petition of the Beast on acid, <laughs> already being on house arrest and having no other options is probably the best. That's. I'm trying to remember the other. I'm trying to remember the other tape. She had that. She had French Kiss. And I'm trying to remember the third movie that was there. You know how I feel about French Kiss. I've, I've, I've watched it that night, too. <laughs> I've watched all three videos. I mean, stuff lasts like eight hours. This is crazy, man. Have you never watched French Kiss? It, it sucks. I hate it. Oh, you hate it? Oh, don't. My mom. I'm sorry. I think I told sorry, you. Sorry, Nancy. She has, she has the movie poster in her bedroom. Like, she loves that movie. I, I don't hate it. I just seem better. It's not Chris Klein's. It's not Kenny Klein's best movie. Okay. And I, like, I do like Kenny Klein. Are you done now? No. <laughs> I think I'm dug enough hole. I think my hole's big enough. <laughs> we got about 15 minutes to get to, to as many texts as we can here. We'll try to, to get to as many as we can at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's tax line. Quick reminder, download the Refreshing Rewards app. It's going to save you money at the pump anytime you need to fuel up at one of the 102,343 area Thornton's locations. It'll save you money inside. Also, if you want a tasty treat, a little donut in the morning, a little bagel, little uh, coffee, whatever little, you want. A little, little bagel for you. A little whatever for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little, little whatever's going on. It's going to save you money. <laughs> Download that bad boy today. Take advantage of the rewards it's going to give you, and then text us at 502-414-1450. Here's some text for us this show. Texture says, it's interesting that Kenny's allies, announcers, ex-players, etc., always say, quote, they have no doubts about Kenny getting it done. And even when Kenny talks, it's always about how other people told him he's the guy, almost like he's trying to convince himself. I think we will all look back on that as a red flag. I don't think he really believes he can get it done. I did hear that, like, right as I was getting out of the car, the last thing that I heard was he got asked about, you know, coaches who have reached out to you. And he was like, like, too many to list. Like, everybody I know has reached out, and they've all said, you know, you're doing the right things. We know you're doing the right things. And I was like, one, that's nice. Like, that, that's it's, that's cool of them to do. But two, like, how do they know? Like, are, are these people who are all these coaches with you at practice every day? <laughs> Seth Greenberg was. Yeah, I, I don't really get how. Like, I was like, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. It's kind of like you know when he got asked about when they won the first game over Western Kentucky, uh, and he's like, you know, who? How many people reached out? And he's like, everybody reached out. And they all you know said we're we're doing a. I'm like, okay, well, 
That's that's nice, but it does it, it does come off sometimes fairly or unfairly as if he's trying to talk himself into it. Texas, how much practicing and coaching is Kenny allowed to do right now? I think that they get for for the last since summer session started in early June, they've got eight hours a week to have like full on team practices. And you, know, you can use that time however you want. It's you can break it up into individual instruction. You can have like one gigantic practice where you just run the whole time. You can do whatever you want with that time. And I think that will continue. They'll have eight hours a week. Now conditioning stuff, you can do it organized without it actually being organized. You know, can't can't be there, but you can still they'll do it pretty much every day. But as far as like the organized team practices, I think they get eight hours from now until when the, like the full practice session starts in September. So they can still do – you can do way more than you used to be able to do. Texas says, Trevor, mm-hmm. over under 20 games into the season before KP is gone. I don't think he gets – I don't think he's let go. I think he makes it through the season. I think he it, does. I think, I think even if it's terrible. I, I don't think – I can't foresee a situation where Josh fires him before the end of the like, season. I stopped myself in the middle of the sentence because I just remember being in this building and that office with Dugan, you know, back in Petrino's last year and him, him asking the gym. He was like, you think you – think, He'll make it through the year, and I just remember being like, oh, yeah. Same. Same. There's no, I mean, I, then I just remember being like, oh, well, unless we lose every game the rest of the year about, you know, 50 points. Just almost tongue-in-cheek joking with yeah. him. And being like, there's no, because there's no way. I was like, just, yeah. And I remember having the exact same conversations, and it was very much, because it started after we lost that, that FSU game. When the wheels started coming off, and they lost to, to BC handily, and it was, you know, they weren't, it wasn't like a total unmitigated disaster at that point, but it was bad. And whenever things get bad, you know the the fringe of the fan base that, that wants to, especially in this day and age where you've, everyone's got a voice and it's easy to hear all sorts of opinions, you'll have those people who are like, "Is he gonna make it through the year? Do you fire him?" And I remember being on the radio and was like, "That's it's preposterous." This is the no, oh, yeah, the winningest coach in the history of the program. He just gave us a Heisman Trophy winner. Like we had game day in town last year, and I was like, you know, unless they start losing every game by like fifty five points of the year, <laughs> like he's gonna, you don't fire him before the and then it, it happened. He, he did the absolute worst you could possibly do, and it was going to take that for him not to make it through the season. I mean, if we are so by that, so I guess I can't say never, but with, same with Petrino, but with Payne in that question, Texter, if we're twenty games in and we're one in nineteen, then yeah, I mean it's a possibility. I mean, you'd also have to have evidence that like. Like, at that he's point, quit. though, he's quitting, yeah, more than... Because with Bobby, we knew. Like, the way that he was going about his media obligations, the way that his teams were, were performing, like, you could tell he'd checked out. Kind of like Kenny Payne's media obligations. <laughs> well, that, but, like, in season. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, I know. With Kenny Payne, I mean, I, I think that he would have to be going, like, very similar. Like, you, you would have to be able to tell by the way that he's talking, by the way that things are going, that he's just, he's ready for it to be over. Kind of like Chris Mack a few years ago. I mean, the, the sad thing is, is... I don't think it would shock me to think that Kenny Payne would just give up on this team, though. I don't. No, I don't. I don't want to believe that. I don't, I don't want to. But he, he's basically him. said he gave up on last year's team in a way. No, he's never said that. No, not in those exact I words. Mean, he, is, he, he reinforced. He says the same thing every time he talks about how like I know I can live with myself because I know that I did not cheat those kids one day. I did it, everything that I could every single day to get as much out of them as I could. Uh, like he he mm. very much stresses that point. Like I don't think that, that he's ever. Implied that he kind of quit on last year's team. I think he's implied, no, he's implied that he, they quit on him. I think he's implied that he couldn't get through to the players. I don't um. think he's ever tried to say that he didn't. That he's ever stopped trying. Uh, Texas says I think the Reds Dodgers game is going to be crazy high scoring tonight. Maybe over sixteen. Well, so I'm assuming I don't. I think because the Dodgers played the Blue Jays, I guess, in a series just recently. 
and I saw a sign, somebody was holding a sign there that I think my, I almost sent to you last night too with the, the the picture about the Doublemint Twins. But it was a guy on a sign. It was like, "We own the Stanley Cup since 1994. USA 29, Canada zero. Nice. <laughs> I assume it was a Dodgers Toronto game because I would think that's why they had it. But well, the Dodgers tonight they've got Bobby Miller, U of L product rolling, yep. and he's been really good. So yeah, yes. I mean, he he hits. 102 on the gun every now and then. I think he's 6-1 and one on the year. The Reds have Brandon Williamson going, who's been a lot better recently. So I don't think – I mean, I know that the first time these two teams played, the games were all really high scoring. And I could be totally wrong, but the Reds' bats have gone pretty quiet recently. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think it's going to be one of those games where it's like 16 runs. I, don't, I do not feel confident about this game tonight. I, I think the Reds are going to – I think they'll they'll win at least one in LA, but I don't think they're winning tonight. I know Miller went played a little, but he's not from he's from Illinois, I think, right, or something, probably not in sure New York. But he's, usually one of those two states is where Dan likes to go to. Uh, but does the Dodgers still have the kid that used to be? I don't think he played at the U of L UK, but was from Lexington. Is it Bueller or Walker Bueller? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was from he was from like Tate's Creek or something, wasn't he? I think. I think that's right. Uh, is he st- is he not on the team anymore? Don't think so. Okay, I wasn't. I haven't really followed the Dodgers too much. So the, the, you know, Kershaw is doing, I think, a rehab start. Like so, the, and the, I know the they've Reds, got the, you, the Reds missed their best pitchers this weekend. So they got they should the, have some, some good chances to to have a, a good weekend, but it's still they're up against it out there. Uh, Texas, I guess that John Rice Plumley isn't coming on the show anytime soon. <laughs> Probably not. No. Texas says, uh, I was the guy with the 2013 banner at the Tuesday game. I ran into SVT at the game, and I was like, "You're not going to get SVT's autograph." At what point is it weird for an adult to ask for an, for an autograph, though? Well, I don't know. I mean, if, I think that's fine. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it's weird if he was still playing in college. I think, but post college, I don't think it's as bad. I think that I think I think you're right. Like, like if you get to because like when I got to like by the time I was twenty, like you don't look at college athletes the same way you looked at them when you were like 10, 11, 12, and thirteen. Sure, I mean, like you looked up to the same them. Age. Yeah, yeah. Now when when you get to be the same age or even at this point, you know, older, it's like, I mean, you still, you know, you appreciate them, but you just don't look at them and say, that's why I don't have a lot of college, like, memorabilia in my house. It's all, like, pro stuff, pretty much. Yeah, I'm not going up to, to college kids and be like, let's get a quick selfie. You know, it's just. Yeah, I'm not doing that at all, no. I mean. But I think autograph on that, something like that, I'd be, I think that's totally fine. And props to you. That was, I saw that banner up there. You're the yeah. man. Well done. It's like Walker Bueller, yeah, retired after last season. Texture says, uh, we need an update on alien spotting plane girl. Apparently, she's not been seen since that video. So the only, the only update that, that I, I've seen is that the Twitter account, Bucky McChubbins, who <sighs> I, I used to work with over at SB Nation. He's, actually, he's a funny guy. Good name. <laughs> Great name. But he, he put out there, he's like, so he's like, you can believe me or not. He's like, apparently, I run in the same social circles as this woman. And, like, it does not shock me that knowing her and a little bit and knowing her friends that she would fall victim to conspiracy theories and stuff like that. She said her friends swear that she wasn't drinking anything before the flight. She wasn't on any sort of substance. That's like the only update that we've got. Like nobody's found this woman. Nobody's talked to her. Oh, the only time the one that lost the clip, you said, okay, now yeah, I remember. The, the, it took me a minute to remember the, what you're talking mother about. mother not real. Yeah, yeah. The plane. Well, I mean, can't we just let her have that? She already had her 10 seconds of fame. Can't we let that move on? But, like, it's like typically in these, like, in this day and age, when somebody goes viral, they're doing interviews, they're everywhere, they're giving their side of the story. Like, this woman has not been found or talked in like a month now since this became the biggest thing on the internet for a little bit. Texas says Barbie is outstanding. Highly recommend. I'm excited to see it. 
I'll see it. <laughs> Are you gonna see Oppenheimer too? Yeah, I, I want to see Oppenheimer too. I'm gonna see both, and I know I've I've stated my Christopher Nolan perspective, but I'm I'm willing to wipe the slate clean and give it a shot. Texas Trevor, have you seen Reacher on Amazon Prime Video? That show is great. I looked up a video called Reacher, but it wasn't on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so close to being done with the show. <laughs> so close to the weekend. I was this close. Just this close. That's Texas right. says... I have not seen Reacher, love you. I have no. not. Okay. Texas says, uh, has Trevor ever yelled Ma the meatloaf <laughs> while lounging on his recliner? No, no, I have yelled Ma! You bring me a mellow yellow? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I have yelled that before. No, I'm, I mean, I like meatloaf, but I'm not. Her mom's a listening. She thinks I love her meatloaf, but it's, not, it's okay. Tech, not the greatest. Texas, I want to know if there are any sightings of Kenny Klein, Ray Ganong, or Fred Hina at the Louisville games, uh, the Ville games. They're the true backbones of those teams. I know. I think Kenny was at the first game. I'm not sure if he was there last night. I've got no I, I, Reganong, I think we would have known if he was there. You'd be able to see him. Fred, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I hate that we're, like, you know, we're losing more and more of those people that have been stapled to the program through multiple coaches and all that stuff. Like, Paul Rogers is kind of the, the last vestige of that 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 era. Like, the, the, the people that I grew up following Louisville basketball uh, and them being at the center of it, when Paul leaves, man, I'm going I'm to be crushed. But Kenny was a blow. Fred was was obviously a blow. Ray's the nicest guy alive. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad. Texture says, Trevor, please go to the doctor and get prescribed an inhaler and some breathing treatments to do at home. You're <laughs> wheezing horribly. As someone who has permanent breathing issues, it profoundly sticks out to me. I've got breathing issues, too. I don't have, like, like inhaler. Like, I don't think I have asthma. It's just... I can give you some of my inhalers. I have I had inhaler. I was giving it... Did you for you? Say what? Did you hide during the show? Did <laughs> 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 it work? <laughs> no. You're yeah, just pretty slightly better. Uh, I mean, it's just yeah, it's a smoker breeze. That's what it is. I mean, yeah. Worst part is I, I, I don't know. I, I guess because the the changing of like the the weather always gets me like I get like head cold sometimes. And recently, uh, I've noticed like my like when I'm wearing my mask, I've been breathing out. Of, I've been mouth breathing more recently with the uh, with my sleep apnea mask on, which does not help because it makes my gets my throat really really sore. It's okay. I need. I, I don't like. I try to you know breathe up my nose and out the mouth more. But Texture says, "Trevor, I love your wheezing. <laughs> it's part I, of the show." I mean, it's, is it not like uh, what's the? You remember the old Adam Sandler skit on the seat on the on the, the comedy CD? The the guy we're going up the the stairs, Wheezy McGee. He's like, <laughs> it's as you, myself cough. As you use the cough button. I made myself cough, and he does it so loud that like the the fire alarm goes off. Like, are you okay, Weezy McGee? <laughs> Texas Miller is a Chicago kid, by the way. We've recruited well there, too. He's in Illinois, so yeah, you're right. I said Illinois, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say, Illinois, like Wisconsin, and New York are like the three places Dan McDonald has like put a grasp on. Yeah. I mean, like, and he's I done really had, well getting out of all three of those states. I feel like we've had a decent amount of players from Pennsylvania, too. I yeah. That's where Brennan McKay was from. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Walker Bueller, Dead, he did re-sign with them. He's just he he uh, after the season opening this year, he got his second Tommy John surgery. He's been hurt for like two years. Yeah, he's been hurt a while. He went to Tate's Creek, by the way. It's, you said that. I did. I say Tate's, yeah. I thought I said Henry. Uh, Give yourself some credit. No, no, he went to Henry Clay. I okay. said Tate's Creek. Yeah, he went to Henry Clay. It's one of the two, right? I mean, Texas Kenny Payne's lack of urgency and nonchalant attitude can be attributed to the fact that his head coaching career started on third, and he thought he hit a triple. 
Yeah. I mean, his head coach, he thinks because he, he started on third and he hit it. Yeah, I mean, but then again, he's also making excuses like he's not on third. He's an enigma. He's like you. <laughs> Texas, if the Ville wins the TBT, is something going to get thrown up at Freedom Hall to commemorate it? Alcohol. Um, <laughs> I don't think that they'll put up because the, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I there's no banners left there that from from our era. Though, oh, they're right? still there. The, the, the same banners are still hanging there. Though, didn't they not move them to the Yum Center? I mean, I think that they're just different banners. I think they just made different banners when they went to the Yum Center. Oh, that's really that's kind of disappointing to think about. I think they'd only have one banner. I, I kind of did. I yeah, replace some of those every now and then when they get a little too. old. I mean, but yeah, you replace it, but then it's like the flag. You then you like you burn the old one, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I think the rules the, the rules are less. Legal. I'm a little disappointed at this. This is kind of sad to think. Of. Like I truly thought that they just like took one the, banner for all time. I mean, yes, like they took the banners down and moved them like the. The retired jersey banners, and, and yeah, they just took them and moved them over. They just made duplicates. Well, that's not. I don't want. I don't want a copy. Cloth is sacred. I mean, yes. It was. That's that's kind of. That sucks. Texas Trevor, in all seriousness, you need to get the strap to hold your jaw closed while you're on your CPAP. Oh, really? You can do that. Sounds kinky. <laughs> I don't know if it's because since I've had, I mean, I've been wearing that one for ten years, and. Like, when I first got it, like, I had no idea what a CPAP machine was, like, what sleep apnea was. It was, like, and now, like, in the last 10 years, I feel like I see commercials constantly for it now. Like, it's become just more mo- mainstream. Yeah. Is it is that me or is that maybe? My dad's this one, yeah. I mean, yeah, I know you said you, but I feel like it's just become, like, more common knowledge of having sleep apnea than it was even yeah. just 10 years ago when I started, when I got diagnosed with it. For sure. I, I think it's, I mean, it, I think more and more people are, are dealing with it. It's good, yeah, because I mean, you literally stop breathing when you sleep. I it's mean, it's not great. Yeah, no, it's like I said, doctors scared me when they found out I had it. The nurse came in, thought I died. She's like, you, "You've been stop breathing for like a minute and two at a time." I'm like, "Sorry." <laughs> All right, let's look ahead real quickly to the weekend that will be in sports. Uh, as mentioned tonight, late night uh, on the West Coast, we've got uh, the Reds trying to to get their mojo back against the Dodgers and Bobby Miller. TK, who you got here tonight? Uh, who's who's the Red Sun out there? Brandon Williams. Ooh. Uh, I'm like Brandon Williams, not too bad. Um, I'm gonna go Dodgers tonight, though. I think Dodgers win. I'm gonna say like six two. I think it's another rough night for the Reds, but they that bounce back right. with a win tomorrow. Uh, and then tomorrow at noon, Freedom All TBT. Hear the action on our sister station nine seventy GTK. Uh, the Ville taking on the Gutter Cats. What a horrible a name. Bad weekend to be a Gutter Cat, but they've got look the Gutter Cats. They made it to the quarterfinals last year. They won this round a year ago. They've got the experience. Does Peyton Siva, Russ Smith, and the gang get it done once again tomorrow afternoon? TK, who you got? Uh, yes. Uh, there's. I think we should be favored. There's a reason why I look at their roster. I look at our roster. I saw we're four and a half point favored. And I see the fact that we have multiple players that played high level Division One. They have guys that played Division One. Yeah. Uh, and that's to me, you, there's that's yeah. You need to Louisville wins this game. Did they they covered last night too, right? Because it, it was four and a half last night, and they ended up with what seventy five. So they covered, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm taking them on the cover on this one too. I'm gonna say it's close. I'm gonna say they win by four. I think this one's gonna be a little bit dicey. I should have bet it last night. Our guys that. are all banged up. We got some old guys. Peyton's hurt. Uh, well, some <laughs> other guys are talking about being hurt. I'm a little worried about the the stamina, uh, but I think they get it done. I hope they get it done because I want I want to be able to still talk about this on Monday. I do sure. love the fact that they like, yeah, they played like one game and like for their guys are injured. So I mean, 
And yeah, welcome, welcome to our world of age. They're they're Peyton and Russ. Yeah, some of them are getting you close. get there eventually because they're you're, they're guys in their mid to early thirties. All right, everyone, stay cool out there. It is is scorching hot? Have a fantastic weekend. Yeah, fun tomorrow. We will see you guys back here Monday at three o'clock. Go Cards. Go the Phil. Thank you.